Welcome everyone to the Nordic Football Podcast and this is the Swedish Allsvenskan Season Preview 2023. My name is Steve Wiss and I'm joined by the man himself, Jonathan Faduba. And uh, this is the sixth straight year we've done season previews, I do believe, Jonathan. It's actually our seventh season overall in terms of the Nordic Football Podcast. You must be a very, very excited man on the eve of this new season. Hi, Steve. Hi, everybody. Yeah, uh, really excited about the new season ahead. Uh, thanks for joining us on the Nordic Football Podcast, year number seven. We're heading quickly towards a testimonial, aren't we? I mean, we're, we're, getting, we're sort of getting there uh, at this rate. And as you said correctly, yeah, this will be the sixth year of season previews. Uh, very excited to be with you. Um, and of course, we have put our usual kind of hard graft into these season previews, haven't we, Steve? Um, and I suppose we'll talk a little bit about the format for new listeners, but uh, yeah, it's been a long slog for the last week or two, um, getting everything prepared, but pretty much ready to go. And as always, can't wait for the new Swedish All Svenskan season 2023, which kicks off this weekend. Yeah, you get first dibs this year because uh, Norway Elite Serien isn't going to be kicking off for another 10 more days. Um, but so uh, the Asvenskan uh, gets underway this coming weekend. And uh, I mean, last year, I've got to say, I, I, in some ways, I actually prefer watching Asvenskan football um, personally. And certainly this year with uh, with VAR coming into Norway. But um, I'll talk about that in a minute. But last year, what a brilliant season it was seeing Hecken win that maiden crown, just two defeats on the board. What what your overall sort of thoughts and feelings over 2022 in Sweden? It was an enjoyable campaign. Yeah, it was a brilliant season. Really enjoyed it. Um, a lot of teams, top and bottom, were entertaining. I think mm. tactically, the league's taken a, a big leap in the last few seasons. I think a lot of people, even players I think we've interviewed, have sort of commented that maybe in the past, the league was kind of maybe quite rigid. You know, you, you had your sort of two banks of four, a lot of four four twos, and not much maybe tactical innovation. I think that's definitely a thing of the past now. I think a lot of teams are tactically innovative. You know, we had Henrik Ries drums Kalmar, for example, who was such a good and entertaining team to watch finishing fourth. We had the demise of Malmo, obviously finishing seventh, incredible demise. I think one of their worst seasons in, was it 10 to 15 years? I remember we discussed it at the end of last year. Um, you had at the bottom of the league, even teams fighting all the way to the end. Uh, we had obviously Gisvens, so I will, will way off it, but everybody else was sort of re re fairly competitive. Um, and then, of course, we had the brilliant uh, Beckel Hacken team winning the first ever maiden league title in their history. Uh, a team that the year before nearly were relegated. You know, I was looking at the league table in 2021, Steve, and they're only a couple of points off relegation um, to go in the next year and win the title under Pei Matis Hogmo, an incredible story. If you haven't listened back to you know the seat the end of last season, you know we, we we did a show on it and talked about it in full detail. Also had a throwback interview with their old sporting director, um, but yeah, an incredible uh, season for them. Uh, sort of an underdog story, a bit like sort of a semi Leicester City, you know, team that's never won it before was really not expected to win it, uh, conquering the mighty teams from Stockholm, the likes of Jurgard and Hammerby, who were who did so well for a while. You know, even teams like Hammerby. They were so good in the first half of the season, just fell off uh, away at the end. But yeah, every team was sort of slightly different in style, slightly different in what they were trying to do, their approach. Um, and even in European football, teams like Eurogarden doing really well in the Conference League. Um, so yeah, all around, it was an exciting season and hopefully we'll have more uh, to come this year. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm very excited about the the Arsenal uh, indeed. And uh, well, what's changed up there? There's uh, plenty of ins and outs as always, according to transfer mark so far. And we must add that we're actually recording this on the night of the transfer deadline day, so there might be uh, two or three transfers missed on this podcast. That's just the way it is. You know what Scandinavia's like. You snooze and you lose, don't you? Um, but uh, these things can happen. But uh, 11 million uh, total um, in terms of... Uh, sorry, apologise for that. Uh, transfer expenses, 9 million. And income of 21 million euros, according to Transfer Mark. So, you know, we know it's a selling league. Nothing changes there. That's the way it tends to go in Scandinavia. Um, good to see decent money coming in, at least to the clubs. And much needed income as well. Yeah, and I think if you were to go back and look over the last sort of four or five years, that nine million is actually quite a lot. Um, there's been some big signings uh, this season, this summer, uh, just gone this winter. Sorry, um, a lot of teams are kind of reinvesting the money that they they've had. Um, there's one or two teams who've had some money issues, but they, we'll talk about them as we go along. There's one or two teams who've been really unlucky with their transfer business, selling to certain nations maybe that haven't paid up, things like that. Um, that's really affected them. But uh, yeah, if you you know you look at some of the transfers, I mean the top transfer I'm not entirely sure but uh off the top of my head you know you've got players like um you know Malmo have signed a lot of decent players uh I know that yeah of course Yotaborg have, have, have signed a couple um Hammerby have been really active AIK so yeah a lot of expenditure we'll go through them all uh, as we as we get into this podcast but I think what we're seeing over the last four or five two three years sorry is there's a lot of money coming into Swedish football I mean you look at you know, if I just take Malmo for example, they sold Berman Savic, uh, Velko Berman Savic, to lose for four million. They euros. They sold um, Armin Hodzic for I think roughly about four million as well. You look at Eurogarden, they sold Helmut Ekdal to Burnley for about I think two, three million euros roughly. Um, so just those off the top of my head, and you know, as we go into it, every single team I'll go through and pick out a few. But um, yeah, there's a lot of team, uh, clubs, a lot of scouts looking at this league from America to um, you know. Zanzibar, I guess, you know, everyone's looking at Sweden, it seems, these days and Scandinavian football. So, um, yeah, I would expect that trend to continue this year. No VAR yet in Sweden, um, which I must say is is quite refreshing um, indeed, Jonathan, because, uh, you know, it's obviously a constant subject of debate. And I was re- reading a recent article that, according to uh, referee Bojan Panzic, it's only a matter of time before VAR eventually does come in and that the authorities can convince the clubs to, to vote on it. But I think there was um, famously back end of last season, nine or 10 Alsvenskan clubs were in combination with each other in an open letter to the authorities against VAR for several different reasons. These clubs definitely in my good books, Jonathan, including the likes of Malmo, EF Core, Elfsborg, Hammerby, to name a few others. So it's going to be quite a pure league still. Some would argue maybe it does need to modernise the VAR. Certainly the referees and officials might think that. But um, I like the idea of it still being quite, um, you know, fast-paced. Um, it should The game should flow quite quickly, um, at least. Yeah, yeah, you're spot on what you say. There's um, <clears throat> there's widespread discontent about VAR coming to Sweden, uh, mainly from the fans, mainly fan-driven. The, the fans don't like it, and the fans are quite vocal. That you know, Swedish football culture is similar to sort of Germany in a way, in the sense that they they stand up for what they believe. If something's not right, then they will protest. Um, it's been many protests over the years in Swedish football about various things, from you know pyrotechnics to fireworks to well, all sorts. So <clears throat> the fans don't want it. 
Uh, can you imagine, Steve, sitting in sort of minus 10 degrees in the north of Sweden watching Gif Sundsvall and waiting for a five-minute VAR check? <laughs> That's a very good point, Jonathan. I think there's many other. I think there's many things that fans would rather do than that. So, um, But unfortunately, I think ultimately it's probably here to stay, isn't it, VAR? Mm. I remember we had a long debate about VAR one or two years ago. I wish we could find that episode where you were strongly pro-VAR and I, I, was, I was saying that it will ruin the game and, and you were like not having it. Um, but yeah, the arguments for against it kind of, I, I still think hold true today in terms of just slows the game down. You can't really celebrate. Um, but I think ultimately it will, it will come in. It's just a matter of when. But yeah, te- the, cl- the teams and um, the fans are really against it at this moment in time. We'll see what happens, but you know, enjoy it while you can. I think I think the one thing I'd say is that you know, the last season there were a few decisions where fans were sort of, you know, in big derbies and stuff. Then after the match, people were saying, "Well, where's VAR?" So there is that side of it where you know some offsides that were given. I remember one big Stockholm derby in particular, um, where there was a lot of talk after the game about you know offside decisions. So you know, from that point of view, you can maybe say, "Well, maybe it needs to modernise." <clears throat> but in my opinion, I just I just don't think VAR adds enough to the game. Um, necessarily maybe than what it takes away but yeah that's a debate for you know we've had it many times yeah we certainly had and um you're right what you say enjoy it while it lasts i know quite a lot of betting people do listen or watch our shows and don't worry if you're betting on Alsvenskan, you're not going to have a goal chalked off by var randomly when a goal is scored you can celebrate your goal so yeah there's still uh, an element of that but enjoy it while it lasts because yeah, it will be in, I think, 2025, probably at the latest. So um, anyway, we, we, time to talk about the teams. That's what people are here to listen for, Jonathan. And um, as per usual, we're going to be discussing all 16 teams in the Alsvenskan in detail, some more than others. And um, are you ready to go, my friend? Yeah, this is always like the FA Cup final for me. It's like uh, a bit of pre-match nerves. I had a bit of a you know, stomach going and stuff, so... Yeah, I'm ready to go. Uh, I've looked at all teams um, as we do every season. Um, we're quite renowned for going into thorough detail. We've got our predictions as we do every single season, Steve, haven't we, from 1 to 16 in terms of where we predict the teams to finish. Last year, I had a pretty good year, except for obviously I had Bickle Hacken quite low down the table like most people. Um, <clears throat> but this year, let's see where I can go. I've got my predictions, so uh, let's get into it. If you're interested in the 10 to watches uh, in Alsvenskan and Elite Serien this season, then do... Uh, keep an eye out because that'll be on a separate platform coming out over the next week or two. Um, on this particular show, though, it's time to get into the teams. We're going to start with the defending champions. I feel like we feel like they deserve sort of top billing on the show after their brilliant 2022 campaign. Be called Hecken. Uh, fantastic title winning side. You can reveal where you are predicting very soon, Jonathan. But um, I mean, fantastic achievement last year. Fans are going to be really, really excited heading into this campaign. What's changed here at the club? Anything? Yeah, what's changed? Well, not too much has changed, to be honest. They're still in really good form. Uh, they are in the cup final, of course, um, in pre-season. They, they've managed to make their way through to that cup final. So they're on for a double, uh, of course, with the league title. Um, there were a lot of rumours, Steve, in pre-season about them losing their manager, potentially. Per Matis Hogmer was approached by Mitchland. That's according to reports in Denmark. It was strange because they, there was one day where they reported that he was in Denmark to sign a contract uh, and they spoke to the sports director of Hacken and he was like, he's right here in front of me. I'm watching him training <laughs> in Sweden. So uh, I don't know if it was like rumours that, you know, or cross, cross wires or whatever. Um, but in the end, the, the deal hasn't gone through. I was concerned about that in the last episode that we talked about, um, how that would affect him if he was to leave because he's completely revitalised the club. 
Um, they are in my top two, so that's why we're starting with them. Um, I'll look at their uh, team and I'll just go through some of the key names and, and, and sort of new signings that you need to keep an eye out for. They haven't actually been hugely active, Steve, in the transfer market. There's only really uh, Simon Sandberg. He's back um, at Beko Aken. He used to play for them. And then, of course, he moved to Bulgaria. Then he moved to Hammerby. Um, he was a key player. He's been a key player for them, you know, in the past. Um, and he's back now uh, in 2023 on a free transfer. So uh, that's he's 29 years old, right back. Um, he should fit into the team quite nicely, bring some experience. Um, they have lost one or two, but mainly they've kept the bulk of their sort of uh, key defenders, um, the likes of uh, Valger Fridriksson, Johan Hammer, Christopher Lund. They had some brilliant performers last season, T Thomas Totland, the likes those, those sort of players. Um, Franklin Tebo Achena could be one to look out for, maybe. But yeah, they look fairly well stacked in that area. Evan Hovland as well, can't forget him, uh, the, the veteran. In midfield, they've kept important players like Mikhail Rygaard, who was Phenomenal, one of the best midfielders of the season. I think he was named in the Ospens can team of the season. Um, the Gustafsson twins, Simon and Samuel Gustafsson, they were magnificent. Um, both of them um, really drove them to the title, really. Uh, Simon was a key player in that in, in that game. In, in fact, Simon Gustafsson, Hacken did not lose a single league game he played in the 2022 season after he joined. Um, they've got uh, a few other players. There's one that might be in my tent to watch you. I may talk about a young player. Don't know if I'll talk about him now, but maybe if not in the tent to watch, stay tuned. Um, and then up front, Steve, is where maybe the big issues are. Um, they've lost Alexander Yeremiev, the man who hit uh, an incredible amount of goals last season, top scorer in the league, golden boot, 20-plus uh, goals for them. Um, he's gone to Greece. Um, but they have managed to replace him just in the last few days, in fact, with Ola Kamara. Now, you'll know a lot about him, two-time league winner in Norway with Godset and Starbeck, but this was like 10 years ago now, roughly. Um, he's 33 years old. He joins on a free transfer. Experienced pro, 160 goals in 412 games across Norway, USA and Austria. Um, and the other, I think, key players that are going to be to look out for, Ibrahim Sadiq. He, he's going to have a huge season for them, potentially. Um, it actually was reported that he had a two million pound, a two million euro deal to Santa Ten fell through on January deadline day. Um, and that actually might save their season because he could be a key man for them this year. So all in all, the squad is looking all right. The loss of Yeremiev is, is 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 a big one, but can Ola Kamara sort of carry that weight of goals? Yeah, um, I've got a few a couple of questions for you here, certainly regarding uh, Yeremiev. Now, it's interesting that Hecken had the highest expected goals per game out of any team last year, 2.24. And they were only one of two teams who overachieved their expected goals mark in the league, which is quite shocking, isn't it, really? It, it just shows that over the whole um, of the league, that the, the standard of finishing was really, really poor. Either that or the goalkeeping was magnificent. But um, Hecken lived up to what their metrics should have been. Now, your MAF, 22 goals in the league. Would you say he was a system goal scorer for Hecken? Um, i.e. bring someone else in and you can replace him quite easily? Or was the man himself so crucial that he's almost irreplaceable? Mm, that's <clears throat> that's going to be the million-dollar, million-Swedish corona question, isn't it, really, at the end of the day? You know, can can a new player come in, 33-year-old Kamara? It, it feels like they're just going for a sort of like-for-like like and get someone in. Um, you know, it doesn't necessarily feel like they have an answer for his, his situation. I don't know if Sadiq might play more centrally, potentially that could work. They do have one or two others from the academy. 
um, that they could maybe look to. Yeremiev was a, is a top player. You know, he had a really, really good season, but he he has been in Osvenska for many, many years and not hit that kind of heights. He just went on one. Um, everything was played towards him. Hogma built a system where they were really attacking. They've always had a, a nice style of play about them hacking in terms of, you know, go through the thirds, uh, wide players who like to get on the ball and attack, put crosses in. And that's what he thrived on in the boxing. And he was a penalty box poacher. Um, he, he was a top player for the level. You know, don't forget, he got a move to, to Germany um, a couple of years ago. Didn't quite work out for him. He came back to Hacken. But, you know, he is probably above all Svenskin level. Um, but last year was a really just incredible year for him. I think I think Kamara, can he weigh the weigh all the burden of goals? I'm not entirely convinced, I'll be honest. Um, but you'll know more about him than me. Mm. But I do think that they are still good enough in terms of the midfield, in terms of the wide areas, to be able to create. And I, I'm going to have to mention him now. There is a young... Well, Benny Traore is back, obviously. Um, he could be a key He had player. a broken leg, didn't he? Yeah, he broke his leg season. and he's back. Unfortunately, the injury now has gone to Blair Turger, who's out for the season with, I think, a cruciate, which is a massive blow for the Englishman, someone we really like on this podcast. Um, but there is a lad that I'm going to have to mention called Mamadou Lamin Sonko, an 18-year-old. He is one of the biggest talents in Sweden. Three goals, two assists in four games in the Swedish Cup. He's been likened to uh, Neymar, um, and he is going to be potentially the breakout player of the season at Hacken. So that's one to look out for. But, you know, you still look at Rygaard, Gustafsson and Gustafsson. They can control any midfield on any day. You've still got the likes of Oscar Denas, who are quite, he's quite young. Uh, Aman Romeo as well. They've got, they've got some, they're quite stacked Hacken. Um, they can have answers in other areas, but they will obviously miss that amount of goals from, from Jeremia. I'm actually quite a big fan of uh, Ola Kamara. He, um, I think he's been playing his trade over in MLS the last five or six years, maybe longer. And just looking at his stats now, actually, this man scores goals. And in recent times for DC United, who have not been very good in MLS. Now, of course, MLS level, you'd expect to get goals. But there's probably not too much difference between the two leagues now. So I think he should... Um, he should certainly fill his boots. Yes, age is maybe a factor, but um, I think he'll go well. And he is a poacher, definitely a poacher. So could well be a good like for like replacement. What position are you predicting, Hecken? Well, this is the drum roll that we need. Drum roll, please. Is it is it second or first? Uh, drum roll. <laughs> Unfortunately for Beckel Hacken fans, head going to rule the heart here. Uh, the heart says first they could retain the title. Um, with Hogmo in charge, but I'm going to put them in second place. I have two main concerns with Hacken. Number one, will Hagmo stay for the whole season? Uh, I think the rumours may intensify, and I'm just a little bit concerned about those Michelin rumours. You know, will someone else come in for him? Um, and I think the second thing, European football, you know, um, Gustafsson himself has already said, you know, getting into the Champions League knockouts, uh, getting into the Champions League group stages will be like an unforgettable experience. And I f- just feel like that is going to be a massive focus for them um, in the first few months of the season. They've never they've never been there before. You know, they've never experienced it. They, they're going to go all out for it probably. <clears throat> and, you know, they may go out early. They may not have the experience to do it. But I think, I actually think they could do fairly well. The what Their style of play could, could surprise a few teams. But that distraction, I think, of European football is going to be completely new for Hacken. And I just wonder if that might distract them a little bit from from the title race. So um, the concerns about the, you know, do they have a top quality 20 goal season scorer as well? And also, Steve, in terms of Ibrahim Sadiq, I would highly back him to get a move in the summer. 
And I think he could be an essential player for them. So I really would worry about them keeping him past the summer. So with those three factors in mind, my prediction for Hacken is second. Yeah, and the media prediction is first for Hecken, which I must say, for me, that was slightly high. I agree with you. I think um, the mid-season Champions League uh, and potential European qualifiers could be uh, a difficult factor for them. And the the champions, they're going to have a target on their back. I think second place, I think their fans would take that, Jonathan, if if you offer them that now. um, Yeah, and in terms of of media predictions, just to point out, uh, we are using Discovery Plus, uh, Irma Helen Zibanejad, who is a pundit for uh, for Discovery Plus. So that is her prediction, by the way. I know they've had. I know Discovery have a few different pundits who have done predictions. We are taking her predictions this season. No, no reasons for picking her in particular, but that is her prediction. Of course, like you just said, hacking first. So, yep, uh, I'm going second. Okay, so which team do you think will beat Hecken to the title? Yes, let's move on to my my tip for the title this season. Uh, I believe, Steve, they were my tip last year. Am I right in saying? Yeah, I don't yeah, think you you're on the greatest of run in terms of... Um... <laughs> I got them massively wrong. I always seem to get the champions wrong, actually. I, I, one year I picked <laughs> this is the curse of Faduba. I tipped North Shopping one season, which was, you know, I mean, that was way off. Um, so this could, be, this could be bad or good, but uh, I think this season, Steve, I'm going to go for the team I picked last season, and that is Malmo FF. I just cannot see past them. I think they will be champions, and I'm happy to outline why. Yeah, Malmo obviously had a very, very poor year uh, last year in the league, it must be said. Um, They did make European progress. They did win the Swedish Cup back in May, so not a complete disaster, but really... Yeah, when you finish seventh for a club of their stature. Let's just make a big point here to the to listeners and viewers who maybe are not aware of, of Malmo. They are really the biggest club in the country, certainly the biggest resources in the country. Am I right in saying that, Jonathan? In terms of finances, yes. Yeah, finances, finances, yeah. Yeah, 100%. They, they, they've got, you know, they are... I mean, there's other teams that I'm sure there'll be listeners to this podcast, in, particularly in Stockholm and maybe Gothenburg, listening to this who might... Uh, get a little bit hot under the collar hearing that. But, you know, over the past sort of 10, 15 years, Malmo have been the team to beat. I mean, let's let's yeah. just be honest about that. Um, they are uh, a fantastic football team um, in terms of what they've achieved over the years. I think that it was a massive shock, obviously, Hacken winning the title last season. And the, the season that uh, Malmo had last year was horrendous. Seventh place, like I said, one of the worst finishes they've had uh, in many years. They've won the league 22 times, uh, 15 cups. Um, you know, they've done it all really. Um, you know, they've even done quite well in Europe, European football over the years. Uh, back in the days when they had, you know, Roy Hodgson and things like that, they've, they've, they've got a storied history. Um, so, you know, Malmo, a massive club, obviously won the league in 2021, won the league in 2020 uh, under Yondal Thomason. Um, they had a few years off, 2017, 2016, 2014, 2013, 2010. So, you, you know, if you look across the sort of like last um, 10, 20 years, they've been the dominant force more or less. The, the thing last season, Steve, was catastrophic. They went through three managers. They had, um, obviously, at first, they had uh, Milos Milojevic. He, he won the cup, but flattered to deceive in the league and was fired maybe prematurely now, in hindsight, some some fans might say. Andreas Georgsson then took over the sporting director. He had a really, you know, torrent time, unfortunately, for him in charge. Um, he had to leave, and then, obviously, uh, Aga Herida came in towards the back end of the season. Didn't change much, and they ended up in a really lowly position. You know, to finish below the likes of Kalmar, 
Um, it's just not good enough for the, for the football club. Uh, there were massive talk about, you know, huge changes at Malmo at the end of the season, you know, getting rid of half the staff, etc. And it was really the fans were fuming. Um, but they've gone, Steve, and in my opinion, they've got pound for pound um, the best manager in, in Swedish football today uh, and hired him. That is Henrik Riesdrom, who the man who did so well for Kalmar. Um, I wrote a Scout blog at the beginning of last season about Kalmar and Riesdrom and how his ambitious sort of possession-based football completely transformed them completely transformed Sirius before that, the season before that, and his first, you know, his first couple of years as a manager. And I think he can transfer that to Malmo, then they're going to be a frightening unit. Now, just before we sort of talk about their squad season, some signings, the other thing I just wanted to say to you, and, you know, any listeners, obviously, why am I picking Malmo now? You and I used to work together, didn't we, Steve? We, we used to work at a certain company. Yeah. And I remember we used to have to do preview, match previews and, uh, analysis and from that day in that role many years ago i always remember steve the key one of the biggest keys in football is motivation and how motivated are you as a team and that is something that's stuck with me to this day never underestimate in football the power of motivation it's why you see teams who have already won the league suddenly just lose games randomly when you think what is going on it's why you see teams go out of cups when they're just not interested and if I was putting my finger one key reason, I think Malmo are my favourites for the title this season, it is motivation. Now, in pre-season, I mean, they got knocked out of the cup. Um, you know, they didn't have an amazing experience in the cup. But a few little comments that came out of the dressing room, Steve, just makes me think the motivation is back. I, I looked at Anders Christiansen's comments, 32-year-old veteran uh, at Malmo. He's been there for so many years. And he, he got very annoyed after the Eurogarden game uh, in the Swedish Cup. And was basically saying that teams are writing us off. Um, the Allsvenskan predictions came out, and he was saying that they weren't. I think they weren't involved. Um, a lot of teams were sort of like saying Hacker maybe or Eurogarden. And the comments he made after that just made me think. You know, you know what? There's, he was saying that they were saying he had, didn't have a great season. And he admitted that he didn't have a good season, but he said, "Listen, I'm still a good player at the end of the day at this level." I just got a little feeling, Steve, that if Reestrong can get that motivation, plus the fact they don't have any European football this year. Malmo could go on an incredible run and, and take that title back. So um, that's my reason for having them as number one. When you mentioned about the key to previews, I thought you were going to say, make sure you get the right teams, the easiest teams to actually preview in the <laughs> first place, rather than teams where information is so hard to find or with monstrous squads, which is impossible to predict in there. But motivation... We'll come, to, always... mo- we'll come to monstrous squads when we, when we go to Viberg <laughs> Boys, but that's that's for later. You're right. The, the the number one factor for games is always motivation. I can I can almost hear certain superiors in my ear now. Are they <laughs> going to be motivated for this game, Steve? Are they? What's the factor here? So yeah, big one, big one for Malmo. Um, actually, was they were third in XG last year, two point zero four per game. Only scored one point four seven in each match though. So they they actually underachieved in front of goal more than any other team. There were some ridiculous misses I seem to remember. So that's maybe an area they need to look at. Um, Let's talk about the squad now and how the manager, the new manager, is going to adapt his style to this squad. Yeah, no, you know, I said earlier, I think maybe I said arguably pound for pound the best manager in the league. I think you can argue that all day long. There's some good managers in Sweden at the moment. But I think I think one thing anyone could agree with is he's the most highly coveted manager. He's the manager I think everyone would have wanted yeah. uh, if they were looking for a new manager. And I think the fact that Malmo have got him is a huge thing. Now, in terms of the squad, they've, they've had a lot of um, upheaval, actually. 
Uh, I'll go through it a little bit. They've they've lost quite a lot of players in defence. Um, obviously, Eric Larson left last year. Amahozic left, you know, he's already long gone. Phoenix Bejimo has left. Matic Chalus left. Dennis Hadzikadunic has left. They've brought in uh, three key names, maybe, I'd say. Um, Anton Tinnerholm. He's back from New York City FC after five years away from uh, Malmo. He's back on a free transfer, 32-year-old right back. He, he's a solid player. You know, he'll get the job done. Um, Bucinello, a Brazilian from Chapecoense for €350,000. He's got conference league experience at Dean Pro in Ukraine. Um, you know, he's a sort of a, a dynamic left back, I think, who will compete with Jonas Knudsen and Martin Olsen, obviously the veteran 34-year-old. Um, Left-sided centre-back called Derek Cornelius uh, from Vancouver in MLS. He's a, He looks a strong player. He's a big lad, I've seen Yeah, him. he looks like a unit. He looks like a real unit. Um, 460,000 euros left-sided player. He he looks, he's looked all right in some games, you know, maybe on the ball could maybe be slightly better, but at 25, Canada International, I think he's going to solidify that defence. Um, you look to them in field, Steve, in terms of key signings. I just, I think they've got a blend about them that I know they didn't um, win that year garden game, but I thought they had for, for certain periods of that game, they looked really good. Um, if you look to the midfield, their, their big signing is Stefano Vecchia from Rosenborg, a million euros, Steve, as I've just mentioned, some big some big money spent from some clubs on players. Um, that's quite a lot of money in El Svenskan terms. Uh, Riestrom knows him from his time at Sirius, and he's already praised him, saying he's a natural footballer. Um, so there's big things expected, I think, of Vecchia. 28 years old, um, but I think this maybe it could be the right place for him. Didn't really do amazingly at Rosenborg. Um, I think there's a couple of players who look to maybe be in the team this season more more so than maybe last season. The likes of Sergio Penna, I think he'll suit Riestrom, uh, the 27-year-old. I think he's a good sort of technical passing midfielder that I think Riestrom probably will like. Christensen, as I mentioned there, I feel like um, he potentially at 32 has had a lot of injuries, but maybe, you know, has he got a swan song in him? Um, Nanasi's back from Calmer on loan, 20 years old. I think he could have a really good season potentially. They've still got Mustafa Zidane um, and a few other young players, but, you know, the likes of Oscar Levicki is 30, but... Um, I think the breakout potentially player from the season, Steve, Hugo Larson, 18 years old, already linked with a massive clause. Apparently Bournemouth bid for him in January and it was uh, accepted, but he turned it down, 12 million euros, which would have, I think, broken the Osvenskan record, maybe. Zlatan's record was close to it. Um, then if you look up front, I think the only issue maybe, Steve, is they only have Isaac Kisatelin as a striker, unless deadline day, something pops up in the next like 12 hours, um, which would be a bit, um, you know, would change things maybe. But Kisatelin is their only real like, forward option. Um, Toivonen's retired, Joringa Berger's been released, um, which you'll probably be happy about. I know you didn't necessarily rate him. Um, and, and the other main signing is Taha Ali from Helsingborg, 700,000 euros, obviously crossing um, that, that divide there. I know the rivalry between the two. 29 games, three goals, two assists, but he's a 1v1. In terms of 1v1 dribblers, he's, I think he's one of the best players in the league. And at Malmo, that could be the right place for him to sort of continue his talents at 24 years old. So some nice signings there. I just think the blend is quite nice in terms of their first eleven and the fact that they don't have European football means they, you know, they're going to be really focused. I, I completely agree with you. I've, I'm actually going to make a, a prediction of my own here. I think they win the league by a half a dozen points or more. I mean, I can't. They are the favourites with the bookmakers to win the league, but you can get as big as two to one with them. Now, I'm never a big fan of, of long-term outright bets at that price, but I think they're an absolute shoe in. I really do. I think. I don't really see what goes wrong. I, re, uh, you know, there's no European football, and that is massive. I've seen that before in Scandinavia, where it enables teams to really focus entirely on the league. And uh, you know, uh, squad as loaded as them, they've got resources. If they needed to buy players in the summer transfer window, they could. 
they've got a manager maybe he might need time to bed in a little bit who knows but yeah, very highly rated it looks it look does look good for malmo i must say jonathan and um yeah i think i'm in complete just, agreement with you just in terms of what could go wrong just to give fans of the other teams a little bit of hope i mean if Keith telling gets an injury mm. you know who they're going to play out from that's that's the main thing i think you know who would then get the goals but i think you know everything else you've said really i, I pretty much agree with um it's only just maybe does he need more time to blend the team but really they they've made strong signings so yeah i think uh, for me they're they're the favorite and they're my number one tip yeah i think that's a very fair call indeed jonathan we are now gonna move to to stockholm for the team that you are predicting in third place now of course it could be any one of four teams um from stockholm this season in the alsvenskan which one are you going with in third Yep, so in, in third place this season, I am going for Jurgården. Now, uh, they finished third last season. I think I predicted them, I might have predicted them, did I predict them third last season or second? I'm not sure. Somewhere there, yeah. Yeah. Um, before I just explain on, on Jurgården, by the way, tweet us at Nordic Footpod. Um, if you agree with us or leave us a comment on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts, um, you know, leave, feel free to let us know who you think will win the league out of Malmo and Hacken, or if you think it will be someone else. I'm interested to get your thoughts on those two. Yes, but in terms of third place, I've gone for Jurgården. My rationale with Jurgården is I think I think they're a really good team. Um, obviously, the, the the joint manager duo, uh, Kim Bergstrand and Thomas Lagerlof, really astute. They've been around the block many a time. I think they're, they're good managers. You know, they've, they've proven at a European level as well. They've done well with Diff in Europe. Um, I just think that maybe they, they, they might be a little bit short of those top two. Uh, one of the reasons why I just think I think they're strong in midfield, but it's a slightly aging midfield. Um, I think personally the the defence has worsened um, after the departures of Halma Ekdal and Isaac Heen. I think they've lost a little bit of um, just that real defensive class. Um, they've got some really good young talents, and we'll talk about them in a minute. I'm going to go through the squad, but I just wonder if it might be a little bit early to the, for them. I think maybe this could be a season too early potentially in terms of actually winning the title. Could be wrong. I don't think there'll be many points in it from them in the top two. You know, I don't think they're going to be far away, let's put it that way. But I just wonder, um, also, up front, do they have enough firepower in Victor Edvardsson and obviously the new signing, Jacob Bergstrom, who we're going to talk about in a second. I just I just wonder if they have enough firepower and I just wonder if they'll be solid enough defensively with, like I said, that slightly ageing midfield. Now, if I just go through some of the signings, Steve, quickly before we um, you know, get into that and get your thoughts. Obviously, they've got Jacob uh, Zetterstrom, who's, you know, he's, he's improving. I think he's started to get um, recognition at international level as well. Uh, Carlos Moros, Gracia, comes in from Mialbi. He was one of the best defenders of the season. That's a great signing, isn't it? For uh, free yeah, as well. Potentially on a free 29, but he's already got injured. So we'll see. I think he's a good replacement, but he's not on how much Ekdal's level, in my opinion. Um, Ekdal obviously went to uh, to Burnley, as I mentioned, playing for uh, um, Vincent, Vincent Company. And it looks like he'll probably be... You know, playing in the Premier League potentially next season, he uh, he was sold for 2.3 million euros. Was a key man. Um, they haven't lost too many others, I don't think. Obviously, they lost Heen mid-season, but uh, Leo Cornick's gone. A few others have gone. Um, you know, Axel Wallenberg, Linus Tagerson. They weren't really massively involved. The the defense will probably be um, the likes of Elias Anderson. He, he'll probably play as a left back. Uh, Marcus Danielson now, but he's 33 years old, just getting on a little bit. He's won the league there before. He's a huge player for them, but is he getting on on years slightly? Um, then you've got Piotr Johansson at right back potentially. Um, you've got Pierre Bengtsson as well. He's getting on a bit, a little bit, but yeah, that that's probably looking like the the, the back four potentially. They've got one or two others. Uh, Jesper Lofgren, of course. 
in terms of the midfield signings, they've they have signed good players. So you know, I, I don't want to be too negative. I'm not going to be too down on them. I think they've got a huge amount of ability in the squad. Oliver Berg joins from Kama on a free. Obviously, he uh, hit 12 goals, five assists in 32 get in 30 games last season. One of the best players in Osvenskan. Um, Differ picked him up for 700,000 euros. And then in terms of the young players, Steve, you know, I mentioned that they've really gone for youth. Um, they've signed a player called Wilma Odefalk from from Bromopoikina for 400,000 euros. Um, he was key in their promotion season in Super Etten. He's a Swedish under-19 international. His dad played for Eurocarden as well, by the way. Um, they signed a, a kid called Oscar Falanius from Bromby. He used to be a BP as well. Um, he he comes back to Sweden and, and maybe at 21 could make an impact. Um, in terms of the midfield, they've got Gustav Wickheim, I think will be important. Magnus Eriksson, uh, Rasmus Schuller. But if you look at all of them, they're all 30 plus. Um, so then you wonder, you know, in terms of, uh, have they got that dynamism, enough dynamism? One signing as well, another 17-year-old, uh, Lucas Bergval. He's someone that we'll talk about in future pods or maybe future uh, episodes. Um, really gives me sort of Williot Swedberg vibes, another sort of big signing for them. Um, but he's one who's only 17 and he's got a lot, you know, got a lot to go um, in terms of development. Up front, Joel Osorio, really, really good player for this level. Victor Edvardsson, I'm always 50-50 on him. Um, and Jacob Bergstrom, who I mentioned in, on the last episode, you know, he 1.91 metres tall. He, he's a huge personality and a huge player, literally. And um, I think he's a good pickup for a squad player. But I, I just wonder, will he get enough goals? I think it's, you know, it's a good replacement for Kalle Holmberg, who's left. You know, they've obviously lost, lost Chilofio over the years and a few others, um, like I say, Calahombo. But I do just wonder if um, if they've got enough goals up front there. But I think Advarsen's going to need a really good season. And then, of course, they've lost the likes of Emmanuel Banda. Um, he's gone to Croatia on a free transfer uh, and one or two others. So all in all, I think the squad is quite tight. But I just wonder if um, they can rely on the new signings enough. The likes of Berg, um, the likes of uh, Bergstrom to carry them to a league title. Yeah, some interesting thoughts. I must say, looking at the signings, it looks like they're kind of building for the future. Uh, that's a definite thing. Maybe whether that gives them a bit more of a license, um, you know, a bit more patience perhaps from the fans and stuff if they're not doing maybe as well as expected. But I think, I don't think is anyone really expecting them to win a title. I think it would be more you know, hope to be in the race for the title rather than uh, pure expectations in that perspective. Obviously, we've got this uh, dual uh, managerial um still in charge, which seems to work really well there at Diff. They had the best defensive record in the league last season. Uh, good XGA stats as well. And just before we, we we do move on, you think if there is an Achilles heel, is that defence that won't be perhaps as strong? Um, I just think in general, they, I think in, in, in big games, do they have enough to beat the likes of Hacken and Malmo? I just feel Hacken are a little bit more dynamic and I feel like Malmo are a little bit more streetwise. Um, I just think I'm not saying that any one area is necessarily weak, but I think I think the defense is weaker. Heen and Ekdal are top players. You know, these these are two players worth millions now, both of them. You know, both of them, one's playing in Serie A, one's going to be a Premier League player next season. So that that just tells you, you know, when you look at Danielson 33, he's 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 been a top player for them, but his best years are probably maybe just coming behind him. So I just I just think that each area of the pitch, they're not at their they're not at their peak. Um they've got young players and then they've got sort of um sort of slightly aging players i still think they'll compete for the title I, I don't think there'll be more than four or five points in it but i just wonder if they've got enough to really get ahead of the likes of hacking and Malmo. so that's why i've got them in third 
staying in Stockholm M for fourth place prediction here. We've gone with a uh, you've gone with AIK uh, in this instance. They were fifth last year, a little bit of a disappointing campaign for them. You think they can go one better? Uh, fourth place now, there's been a managerial change at AA, AIK over the winter, actually, seven total managerial changes in the Asvenskan for this season. It's uh, I mean, compare that to Elita Serian, where there's only been one in the last two years. Uh, it's, it's quite a remarkable bit of uh, managerial merry-go-round, quite literally, within the league, uh, as you're going to talk about here. Yes, uh, I've got, of course, uh, fans in Stockholm. Well, you know, their fans will be happy, but maybe ARK and Hammerby fans won't be so happy necessarily with me having them below Diff. Um, but yeah, I've gone for, I've gone for AIK, and obviously I had AIK second last season. That was my prediction last year. Didn't quite get that one right, and I had Jurgen third. <clears throat> this year, in terms of AIK, I think they can get a top four spot. Spot. It's between them and Hammerby. I've got, uh, I've got Hammerby fifth, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, but my reasoning for AIK just maybe to pit the pit them to the post. Um, they've got new managers. You mentioned uh, and Andreas uh, Brandstrom. He has been previously at uh, at Mialby and he was given the job. Uh, he did really well at Mialby, solid defence. And I think that's the sort of AIK tradition. You know, they'll look to be mm. defensively astute. Um, he replaces Bartos Gozlak and Goitam, of course, um, last season, um, who, who, who sort of came in. He'll be defensively minded and I think solid. They've had a lot of squad upheaval, though, Stephen. I think they're going to need to gel really quickly if they're going to challenge. Um, obviously, I mentioned they finished fifth last season, so I've got them one place higher but I just wonder about their ability to gel and how quickly they can do it if we look through the squad I think somehow they've still got Eric Otieno I don't know how at 26 no one's picked him up um the Kenyan left back I think he's arguably the best left back I think I'll be picking him up in in fantasy he's an absolute points machine yeah I mean I think everyone will be I don't know what he's still doing in Osvenskan really a good player but they've lost Joe Mendes, 20-year-old. He's gone to Braga for 1.5 million. He didn't stay in Sweden long at all, really. Uh, he only signed for them uh, last year. And, you know, I know he was there at the youth teams and he was at Hammerby youth team for a little bit. But um, attacking fullback, really good player, 1.5 million to, to Portugal. That tells you a lot. Uh, Mikael Lustig has retired. Um, Eric Carr was sold. A few others have been sold. Per Carlson, obviously, has, is no longer there. Um, you still got the likes of Milosevic, uh, Papaginopoulos, Robin T, he's back from Varnamo now. You remember last season, the, the own goal he scored against AIK and the, all that all that malarkey. He's back from a really successful spell at Varnamo. I think he's a top defender in the making at 21. Could this be his breakout year? Um, you've got, obviously, Axel, Axel Bjornstrom still there. Jetma Haliti, um, he's back from Mialbi, where he obviously played um, with the new manager. And he's uh, he played 23 games for Mialbi last season. Uh, Centre-back, I think he, at 26, probably will maybe potentially go straight into the team. Um, if you look at the midfield, this is where Steve it gets really, you know, it gets a lot of a lot of change. So they signed Jimmy Dumas. Um, you may remember him. Uh, former from, Toulouse. Yeah, former Toulouse. He's won league the title in Greece. Um, played for Malmo as well. Experienced international. He's 34. They've signed Victor Fisher um, from FC Copenhagen. He's from Antwerp on loan. Sorry, previously at FC Copenhagen. 100 plus appearances for uh, them and Ajax. <clears throat> they signed Jimmy Dermas' younger brother, Elias, uh, 22-year-old. So I don't know if that was a double deal there. Get Buy one, get one free. <laughs> um, he was at Hammerby. A lot was expected of him, but he never quite made it. And he actually became a waiter, Steve, in the third tier. 
he says that he learned humility and he's come back, did really well for Vasseland. 15 goals, 12 assists in 28 games. And uh, he's got a, a move to obviously join his brother. Um, <clears throat> Abdusalam Mugashi from Varnamo, I really like. I mentioned him on the last episode. I think he's a, a good player. He's been injured in pre-season, but I think even the manager praised him. Um, I think he's a potentially really good talent. He can play in different positions, centre mid, can play out wide, offers versatility. He had a good season at Varnamo. Um, Abubakar Kaita, he's from formerly of Starbeck, uh, played in Hampstead, FC Copenhagen as well, and he played in Belgium on a free transfer. Rui Modesto, uh, 65 games, 11 goals, 17 assists for Honka in Finland last season. He was named in the Veikaus Liga team of the year. He's a 23-year-old who probably will replace uh, Joe Mendes um, down that right-hand side. Uh, they signed a kid called Abdi Kahin Ali from Vasselund. Um, they've got a kid from their academy who maybe wants to keep an eye out for called Alexander Fesshai. He's been good in preseason. He was given a five-year deal, Steve, at the age of 19. Um, their, sport, their former sporting director has described him as a player with great potential for the future. Um, so they've got a stacked sort of uh, midfield area. Um, then up front, obviously, John Godetti is going to be the man to get the goals. Stefanelli has left. That's a big de- departure. Obviously, he's gone to Miami FC. Um, they've signed also a player called Omar Faraj uh, from Degafors. Um, well, he was on loan at Degafors, sorry, he signed from Levante. Uh, he did quite well in the second half of last season, actually got four goals. Yeah, he did well, didn't he? For Degafors. So a lot of upheaval. I think the question is how quickly can Brandstrom gel that squad together? Because there's a lot of talent, but I think there's a lot of work to do. And I just think in the early weeks of the season, they're going to need to gel. Brandstrom obviously did very well at Mialbi last season. Um, and the key was defensive strength. And he would maybe argue, you know, that's he's worked within his means there at Mialbi. And um, is there a concern that he could be too much of a defensive tactician? Or is it a concern? Because AIK are known for down the years being, to be honest, in my time following our Svenskan football, they've always been quite a boring team in general. Um, I always say of the big teams, they're the, the worst watch in terms of entertainment. Maybe that's what they need, like some 1-0 wins and really tight defence. And it's kind of accepted by the fans, isn't it? That, st- that style of football is OK if the results are there. Yeah, I don't think it matter. I don't think it matter one bit. I think they they are notoriously defensively resolute, and I think that 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 sort of um, buys into what they want from 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 Brandstrom. He proved it with a brilliant defensive record uh, last season with Mialbi. You know, I think he he knows how to organise a defence. You know, they really you know I know Mialbi in general have got a bit of that reputation, uh, no matter who's managed them in recent seasons. But but I think that's one thing that Brent, Brandstrom's got up up his sleeve. He's he's got that ability. Um, to be defensively sound, and I think that fits into the AIK tradition. And they never, they haven't been over the past five, six years. They've never really been a sort of like all guns blazing team. So I don't think it matters from that point of view. Uh, in terms of just answering your question on, you know, um, going forward, I think that 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 will be the key. You know, the likes of there's a few players where I just wonder, you know, are they are they at their peak or past it? The likes of Victor Fisher. I know in preseason there was talk that he got injured. I think on a artificial surface. I remember when he was really highly rated as a youngster, but is he, you know, is he on the up? He was like a wonder kid, wasn't he? Yeah, is he is is he on a bit of a downward curve? Jimmy Dermas is experienced, but you know, is he maybe on a slight down as well? Um, that would be maybe my my little concern there. Uh, in terms of Branstrom himself, you know, he's what he won promotion with Dalkurd. He got Yon Shopping into the promotion playoffs. You know, he's been he's been around the block. He's been an assistant manager mm-hmm. in, in places, and I do think that he he's quite reliable to to. I think he's earned his stripes for a, a big move, a big job. Um, 
and they still got, don't forget, players I haven't mentioned, for example, Bilal Hussein, I think, who potentially could be one who gets a big move um, in the summer. But I think Guidetti's goals are going to be key. How many goals can Guidetti bag? Can Farage have an impact? But I just wonder if um, it's a year early for them to really challenge for the title. Yeah, well, let's stay um, in Stockholm again, the green half of Stockholm here. Hammerby in fifth place uh, is your prediction. And um, I've seen a few sort of uh, tweets and stuff going around that say that Hammerby maybe a dark horse for actually to win the title this particular season, Jonathan. But fifth place for you here maybe suggests it's it's maybe asking a bit too much. Yeah, third last season. Um, I think they'll probably still be that underlying sense that they bottled it last year. I really don't think there was a massive difference. Uh, although Hakan are the better team, you know, they proved it. Any team that wins the league deserves it. Hammer B at times had it in control. You know, they started the season so well. I don't think they were massively that, you know, I just I just feel like they they let that slip a little bit, to be honest. I feel like there were certain games that they just threw away. There were some games they lost at home, just really bad performances like where they their focus slipped, I think. And there were certain games even derbies were just for, you know, one point they were in control and just kind of threw it away. I feel like there'll be an, still that underlying sense. But, you know, let's look forward for them this season. You know, they've made some some signings. They've, they've lost some players. Um, I still think they've got the old issues. I think the question marks are going to be defensively. Um, that is why I have them in fifth. You know, um, can they improve their defence? They're, they're like the opposite of ARK, really. They're, they are, in the past few years anyway, notoriously attacking whereas ARK are sort of notoriously known for being um, so solid. <clears throat> um, I think, but the question is, I mean, Hammerby probably do need to tighten up a little bit. If you look at the amount of goals they conceded last season, the season before. Um, they've lost a lot of experience as well, the likes of Gustav Ludvigsen, Bojanic. Um, in terms of positive, Steve, I mean, Hammerby are sort of going down a new model this season, and this is why I haven't been fit, to be honest, because I don't know how it will go. They've announced it and they've kind of talked about it a lot about this kind of new Hammerby way, which is obviously they um, pretty much took over um, a third division team called IK Fredge Tabby uh, and transformed. I think they changed the name of the club to Hammerby TFF, sort of Hammerby Talent Factory, pretty much uh, almost, almost a direct translation. Um, and what they what their plan is, Steve, is kind of like recruit really good recruitment of young talents, put them into that third tier team, get them in the experience move them to the first team and sell them on. And I think that that's been the Hammerby way for so many years. And I just think that Hammerby kind of need to decide, do they want to just make money and be a talent factory that sells players for big money? You know, the likes of, uh, you know, look over the past years, Aziz Watara Mohammed, um, you know, Mahana Giaz has just gone to, to DC United. You know, Williot Swedberg, who they made a huge amount of profit on, you know, they sold him, I think, for 5.5 million euros, a club record fee, roughly. Um, Michael Lido, who's gone, went to AZ Alkmaar, 600,000 euros. I could sit here and name players, you know, all evening, to be honest. Akin Kumiyamu, you might remember him, 4 million euros in 2021, sold to Denmark. Do they want to be a club that just brings these talents through and sells them? Or do they actually want to build, you know, a sustainable squad to win a league? Um, and I think if you just go through the squad, Steve, I think that's where it falls down a little bit for me. Um, if you look at the, you know, look at the team, Oliver Dovin was in my tent to watch a couple of years ago. For me, he's still one of the biggest talents in in, in Swedish football goalkeeping wise. He will eventually get a move. I think he's half English. Um, I think he is going to be Sweden's number one goalkeeper at some point. I think he's a top player. Um, they've got a lot of saleable assets. You know, look out for Nathaniel Ajay, uh, a centre-back, 20 years old. He's come from their feeder club. 
and now looks set to be introduced to their first team. They've got Kasper Eklund, who they signed from Osters um, in 2022. He's a Sweden under-18 captain, and he he's one that they're highly touting. Um, they've brought one or two more experienced names. Simon Strand from Elsborg um, holds the record for red cards in the season. By the way, Steve, three red cards in one season. He'll come in and add some experience. Anton Krial, um, he joins on a on a on a on a free transfer. Um, they, you know, they've got the likes of Shaquille Pinas, Edwin Kurtulus, um, who are more experienced. Mads Fenger still in defence. But when you look when you look at the sort of midfield and attacking options, Steve, it's really it really is. They really do trend towards youth. Um, I'll run through it quickly. Telsfad Teki, I think, is a great signing. 25 years old midfielder. He's come back from the Netherlands. I remember him at Ostersons. I think he played in the, against Arsenal and he really impressed me many years ago. But I've always kept an eye on him ever since. And I, I like him. Basara, obviously, 32. One of the best players of the league last season. They signed Saidi from uh, Degafors. He's 23. But if you look at... I mean, we're probably going to need a separate section, Steve, for their talents, actually. I might, I might just take a little break here, but... Um, in terms of the signings, I'll just go through the ages before we talk about them. One's 25, one's Adi Nalic, 25. Um, they signed a 20-year-old, an 18-year-old, a 16-year-old, a 19-year-old, another 19-year-old, and a 22-year-old. And then their main striker is a 19-year-old. So, you know, they've lost Astrid Salmani, Ludwigsson's gone. So you can see where they're going, Steve. They're going for youth, and they're really betting the house on it, to be honest. And I yeah. just wonder where that will go. Yeah, I'm looking through these signings now, and it's certainly not an old man's social club, is it? Um, August Mickelson's come in from Tromso for one and a half million euros. Quite an interesting player. Good watch. I think that's the thing with Hammerby. I think there always are going to be quite a good watch. Their club culture generally has been uh, plenty plenty of goals around there. There's a fantastically named youngster here, an 18-year-old called Mamane Mustafa Amadou Sabo, central midfielder from, is that an Indian club? Jonathan, I don't know. I think that's the someone called Sondeep. Um, I mean, goodness me, you must be loving these youngsters. I know you're a man for uh, keeps an eye out for a young talent, but just, just talk about a couple of them that you really you enjoy. Yeah, where do you start? And there's certainly going to be. In fact, the biggest problem for me, Steve, on this podcast is uh, is which 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 of the like ten new signings are going to be in my ten to watch from Hammerby because they have a they're stacked for young talent. And don't get me wrong. You know, in terms of winning the league, it could be a it could be a hindrance. But in terms of just an exciting team to watch, Hammerby will be one I'm going to be watching a lot this season. And I think anyone who likes to watch young talents will be watching Hammerby. Mm. So from that point of view, it's a really positive thing. You've mentioned Mickelson, um, 72 games, nine goal, uh, 18 goals, nine assists, signed for 1.5 million from Tromso. Uh, in terms of a, a forward to watch, Yusuf Arabi, um, he's 19. He scored the winner, I think, against AIK in the cup. Six games, four goals in the Swedish Cup. Looks like he will start. Um, his dad was a player, I think, as well. But, you know, 19 years old, that's a big weight on his shoulders. Um, players that I like, I mean, you mentioned there, yeah, my man, Mustafa Amadou Sabo, and a, a Niger youth international. Niger, so that's, that's the flag. Sorry, that's the flag. I don't, I don't know how they scouted him. Um, they've got a lad called Sadio Alum, Alum from Cameroon. Uh, Victor Yukanovic, uh, he's going to be one to look out for. He won most promising player of the year in, in Montenegro, um, signed for roughly a million euros. Uh, he looks like a talent who maybe might actually get some first-team minutes at 18, uh, sorry, at 19. Isaac Vural, 16 years old, on a season-long loan from Fenerbahce. You're not entirely sure why. Um, you'd be loaned for a year, but he is from Sweden originally. Um, I think his mother is Swedish, his dad's Turkish. He spent four years at Benfica's academy, but, I mean, why would you loan a 16-year-old? That kind of puzzles me a little bit. 
Um, Ibrahima Brez Fofana, um, the Chief Scouts described him as a guy with so much potential. He played 16 games for their third tier team, Hammerby TFF. He's from Guinea. He's 20 years old, but will he get game time? Frederick Hammer from Brentford B, 22. Um, the, the one that really excites me, Steve, and I guess it might be a little spoiler, he may or not be in my tent to watch, Montada Majed, 17 years old. Now, he's been signed from Barberg Boys um, in August 2022. He was loaned to their third-tier team for the rest of that season. Sweden under-19 talent. He scored a hat-trick in the cup against Gif Sundsvall. Um, he is a brilliant talent, and... Um, He's technically 1v1, really good player, sort of left foot a dribbler. He's been likened to Rooney Bargy, who's obviously playing in Denmark. Um, Marty Fuentes has really raved about him, and I think he's going to be one to watch. But yeah, in terms of winning the league, not entirely convinced. But in terms of being exciting to watch, then yeah, how it be? They, they're going to make quite a lot of money, I think, on some of these players. I do apologise to Mamane Mustafa Amadou Sabo for mixing up the Niger flag with the Indian flag. Um, my eyes, maybe I need to go to Specsavers, Jonathan, but um, those two they flags are, similar. are actually, they, are they have very similar flags, yeah. aren't they? I mean, I'm looking at a small version of it, so apologies there to, to, to my man. Um, okay, Hammerby, fifth place. I think they're going to be a good watch this year. Good team, maybe for someone to pick up um, if you're looking for a club to support. I don't know. But uh, we'll, we'll round out the top six and then we'll have a bit of a break. So um, team that you've got in sixth place this season, who, uh, who are you going with, John? Yeah, to round out sixth place, sixth place, and then we'll go to a break, and then obviously we've got still got quite a few to go through. But in sixth place, I know there's one or two fans in particular who might be happy to hear this. You can really pick from about four teams, I think, to finish top six. Um, but I am going to go, and it might be, I might end up being wrong on this one, but I'm going to go for Kalmar. Now, a lot of people might raise their eyebrows at that one because there are a few other mm. sort of big clubs who aren't there. Um, finished fourth last season. And I might be, I think you could split hairs between a few teams, to be honest. And I, I'm going to go for Kalmar just for one or two reasons. But um, obviously, if we just look at the overview, new manager, Reestrom is gone. And I think the post-Reestrom era is going to be tough for them. Um, but I still don't think they've really lost a huge amount of talent necessarily, except Berg, um, that they'll really, really miss. Obviously, Berg is going to be one that they will miss, of course. But if you look at the defence, I think they've still got the Osvenskan goal, goalkeeper of the season. If you heard our podcast, um, go back a few episodes, we had Ricardo Friedrich on the show. It was a brilliant, think, brilliant episode. He was a fantastic guest. Yeah, exactly. Back end of last season, he's still there. If you look at the defence, they've still got that spine. I think Lars Satra is still there. Alex Lindahl, Rasmus Jostjed still there. Hopefully pronounce that correctly. David Christian Olofsson. Um, they've got a few young talents. Uh, Elias Olsen, Ronnie Janssen. Finish under 19 international. Um, one or two others have just signed a player, I think, to debt more or less in the last week called Arvin Davudi Kia from Malmo's youth teams. Um, also, Steve, I know you like your sort of uh, random players. Arash Motoragib Jafarpur. I've seen this name from Dalkard. Uh, you wouldn't want to get his shirt. What are we going to? What are we going to? You wouldn't want to pay per letter anyway for the what shirt. We, what are we going to nickname him as? Because we can't pronounce that. Oh, yeah, yeah he, he signed from, he's a Swedish under 19. I'm not sure he'll get a huge amount of game time, but yeah, that's, um, I don't know much about him, I'll be honest. But yeah, they, they, if you look at the core of that, that back four, it's still there. If you look at the um, midfield, Romario's still going at 37. He's played 30 games last year. I mean, how long is he going to go on for? Uh, incredible, really. Still, still going strong. 
Uh, Neta Bai is still there. Carl, Carl Gustafsson is a good player. Uh, I like him a lot. They signed Robert Gajani and Saku Ilatupa, who I think Ilatupa could have something to could do quite well this season. Seamus Grab still there. Noah Shamoon, I think, is a young talent. Kevin Jensen as well as a young talent. So they've got a few youth players who could maybe come in if they need to in terms of the squad. And I actually think, Steve, this season their their attack is better than last season. Now, they signed a player who haven't quite decided if he'll be in my tent to watch yet, but I really would encourage people to look out for the name Mileta Radjevic. Um, he had an incredible scoring record in Denmark. Um, he scored five goals in four games in the Swedish Cup um, for Kalmar already. Uh, he's been described by one Swedish website as the 189 centimetres tall tank of a forward. And I always like a player who has a bit of confidence about him, Steve. He's already said to him, he's already said he wants to win Osvenskan's golden boot. Um, now, I always love that. So he is 23 years old. Obviously, as I mentioned, he's been playing in Denmark second tier, but could be a bit of a find for Kalmar there. So we'll see how he gets on EFK Jotobog also, apparently. We're very keen on him. And then up front as well, they've also got Isaac Björkebo signed from uh, Malmo last summer. He scored two goals for their youth team against Chelsea in the youth league. And he scored three and four in, in the Swedish Cup as well. So he's 20 years old. I know they're, they're both of them are going to be a little bit inexperienced, but Kama have never really had a top striker in the past sort of one to two years. And I know they've just signed Dennis Hummert this evening as well, who, you know, we'll talk about in future episodes, but um, that's another, you know, boost for their squad. So, that just nudges me to put them sick. What do we know about the new manager? He's a Danish manager here, Henrik Jensen, preferred formation, supposedly 4-3-3. Just looking at the, the Swedish Cup results, they've they've got goals in them, Kalmar, maybe this year. Um, I mean, he's never actually, he's got a, a long record at Mitchelland in like assistant uh, territory, youth football. This is, I do believe, his first full-time head coach role, 38-year-old. Um, replacing obviously Henrik Ridstrom, which is a big. I mean, we, we would expect to see maybe a change of system here now, significant changes, but it might be in its own way more exciting, perhaps. Yeah, and um, it's, it's a, this is the way it could it could go wrong or it could go right. You, you don't know. There's a lot to ask for someone to come into the league for a season, finish top six. <clears throat> he's a young coach, Danish, former Michelin caretaker manager. As you mentioned, he's been there for many years, assistant, new team coach. There's a really good interview, actually, uh, I would urge people to look at on worldfootballindex.com, um, which I had a read of and quite enjoyed. Um, and he, he, he mentions in that interview about how his dream is to manage in the Champions League. Now, he actually managed for Michelin against Benfica in the Champions League um, as a caretaker. So he did experience that kind of bright lights of Champions League football and and he, he mentions that he's, you know, he's got his licenses, he's got his badges, he's, he's worked with the youth teams, he understands, he says how youth players think and how, how to coach them. And he understands kind of, you know, being around the, the first team environment at Michelin. Um, from what I can understand from reading about him as well, and in terms of his philosophy, strong emphasis on possession. So that's maybe a Reedstrom, mm. you know, kind of um, successor and also high pressing. I think that's a massive thing that he said he's learned while he was at Michelin. So I would expect them to be a little bit more front foot, maybe a little bit more aggressive. Um, and I think the forwards that they've signed, the likes of, you know, I just mentioned they're the strikers. Um, I think they're going to be expected to be really on the front foot. I think Radjevic, um, I think they can control the midfield, the likes of Gustafsson and, and, and Romario. Um, but I think, you know, Gajani as well is a decent player. He's had, a, he's had an okay career. Um, you know, he was at Silkeborg before that. Kalmar have actually paid a quite a decent fee from Kalmar, I don't tend to spend much money. 
Um, but I think the likes of Shamoon, Ilatupa as well can can maybe they're going to have to really up their game in terms of pressing. Um, so I think he's one to watch out for. He mentioned that he um, when he was asked about coaches who inspire him, he mentioned David Moyes. So I don't know if that's uh, stylistically what he's out for, but he said that he visited um, David Moyes and he was really, really nice to him, really kind, really welcoming. So, you know, from that point of view, that's always nice to see. And um, I think that he's going to be an interesting manager to keep an eye on. There's one or two Danish managers in, in Sweden this year as well. We'll go to Nor- obviously um, a few others in North shopping. Um, but yeah, I think um, the jury's out, obviously. They could do a little bit worse. The squad's not exactly massive. But I just think when you compare them to the teams that I've got maybe seventh and eighth, I've just got a little gut feeling that Kalmar can build on that success from last season. And maybe not finish fourth, but I don't see any reason that they should feel too too down about um, the changes. I actually tweeted before we started this show tonight that I believed they would uh, drop down into the bottom half of the table this season. But to be fair, you're actually kind of winning me over here with these um, these thoughts on Kalmar, Jonathan. Maybe things are going to be a bit better than I, I thought here. I hope so, because they're quite a likeable club in their own way. Um, so uh, I do want to give a shout-out to one of our regular listeners, Varsan, who uh, thank you very much for all your comments and tweets over the last few years. And uh, I hope you enjoy some good football at, at Kalmar this season, Varsan. Yeah, and just to answer you on, I think I, th- I saw a comment on YouTube um, in terms of Gojani, yeah, I, I mean, last episode, Steve, was about players who caught our eye. So I just want to address that quickly because uh, not necessarily the best players. It's about players that caught our eye. I think Ola Tupa, I've always said this for many years, I think there's a player in there somewhere. And I know he's not got much game time at Kalmar yet, but, you know, once he gets his fitness, uh, I think there, I think there is a player in there. And, uh, you know, five goals, one assist for a terrible Gisunsvall team in 28 games isn't bad. Let's see how he gets on. I'll be keeping a close eye on him. But yeah, obviously I know Gojani is one that a lot of Kalmar fans seem to be quite excited about. But yeah, that that's uh, that's my top six, Steve. Yeah, that rounds out the top six. Uh, we're going to have a little bit of a break now. Do join us. Uh, we're going to talk about all the rest of the teams, the mid-table battle, and also that relegation dogfight upcoming. So join us uh, very soon. Welcome back to the Nordic Football Podcast, Swedish Alsvenskan season season preview 2023. I'm Steve Wiss and I'm with Jonathan Fadupa and it's going rather well so far. Jonathan, how how is your voice coping? I know you've uh, been a bit unwell in the last uh, month or so. Have you got the stamina? Oh yeah, no, don't worry about that. I'm, 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 I'm up for it. I'm still going strong. We've still got a lot of teams to get through though, haven't we? We, we certainly do have. So far, you've got Kalmar predicting them in sixth, Hammer being fifth, AIK in fourth, Jorgarten in third, Hecken, the defending champions in second place, and Malmo FFR, the JF champions prediction for 2023. We're going to now go through a block of four teams um, who I think at the moment you would say considered perhaps mid-table Worth. There's a couple, certainly a couple of big teams that we are going to discuss. Seventh place prediction here, Jonathan. This team here have been an interesting side over the last three or four years. Um, They've kind of won you over a little bit in in recent times. Well, more than they have in in recent, in past years. I know they were a team that I think in the first 
two years of this podcast, we, well, I'm not sure if we even mentioned them um, <laughs> for a few years when they weren't doing too much, but they, they really upped their game, didn't they, in the last sort of few years and had some really good finishes, you know, top sort of five, top four finishes, that kind of thing. Um, it's Elfsborg. I've got them one place below where they finished last season. I'm going to predict them to finish in seventh. So, um, yeah, slightly below where they were last year. But I didn't think they had an amazing season last year. There was a lot of, you know, I think uh, if we go back the previous year, a lot of people were tipping them to really have a, have a, have a fantastic season, um, which didn't quite quite materialise. Obviously, the year before they'd finished fourth, hadn't they? And I think I had them fifth last year. Um, media had them fourth last year as well. So I, I'm predicting them to have a little bit of a dip, Steve. And my rationale behind that is just I think <clears throat> they've lost um I think they've lost some some quite good players. And um I'll just go through the squad a little bit uh before I sort of give my complete rationale why. But uh <clears throat> they've still got Tim running um and they've signed a, a, a player, they signed another keeper, 21 year old from ASES Kostuna called Melka Uppenberg. I'm not sure he'll get much game time, but uh maybe one for the future. Um, <clears throat> in defence, I think they've lost some really big players. I know they lost Oliver Zanden um, last summer. He went to Toulouse for 1.5 million euros. Um, they also lost Madhu Yajwe. He, he actually lost his place in the team and he's been loaned to um, Bratislava, Slovan Bratislava. Simon Strand, we mentioned now, although he's a bit of a hothead um, and he, you know, he's gone to Hammerby, I think he I think he is quite, he did have a lot of experience in that team and he did bring a lot, I think, in that sense. So, you know, in terms of dressing room character, that could be a bit of a loss. And then the main loss, I think, in defence is, is Leo Weizen. And, you know, that 1.8 million juicy transfer to Austin FC in the, in MLS. He, he was a top defender for all Svanskan level. And I'm not surprised he's got his move. If you look at their defence, um, very experienced. They've got Niklas Holt back, formerly Nice. I know you'll remember him at Nice. He won the league with Elsborg in 2012. Um, they've got Sebastian Holman. He's back at the club as well. He's won the cup with them in 2014. So, you know, it's almost like a Spice Girls reunion kind of um, in their in their defence. Um, they've got Gustav Lagerbilke back from Degerfors, who they loaned him to, and he had a really good um, second half of the season, got himself into the Swedish national team mix as well. Um, so I think he is potentially going to be one they rely on more this year. Um, they've got a young, uh, a 21-year-old called Ibrahim Buhari, who Jimmy Tellen has said... Um, is really good from set pieces and is a really powerful athletic defender from Nigeria. Uh, and obviously they've still got Johan Larson, your man, who I still haven't forgiven um, two years ago for basically single-handedly winning you the fantasy league against me. Um, but yeah, he's uh, still at 32, really experienced defender who, who will who will go well. Um, <clears throat> midfield, Steve, I think they've obviously lost um, players like Rasmus Alm, who's gone to St. Louis in MLS. Uh, Simon Olsen, who saw, they sold last summer to Hirinvini, was a key player for them. Um, they brought in Andre Bowman from Varberg Boys for an undisclosed fee. He was a regular at Varberg, but he's 21. I'm not sure, you know, is he as good as Simon Olsen? Maybe jury out a little bit. Then there's a lot of players, Stephen, there midfield, I think have got a lot to prove. I think the likes of Jacob Andrejke didn't quite hit the heights last year. Uh, he was on my 10 to watch, but four goals, three assists. His contract ends at the end of this season as well, so... Could he potentially get a move? You know, he's only 20, but um, a lot expected of him. Alexander Bernhardson, um, he's a decent player on his day. Um, they've got, you know, Armin Kasim still there. M Michael Baidu is the big one that everyone talked about. He had a really, really good season last season. And I think, you know, he's one that maybe, 
might raise eyebrows. Emmanuel Boateng, I'd expect him to get a little bit more game time. Noah Soderberg as well. So I think midfield, Andre Roma, don't forget, they, they, they covered in midfield quite well and, and in forward areas. But I think, Steve, last season, they, they had a lot of inconsistency in those areas. Um, there were players that were kind of in and out of the team. For example, on Dredge, he kind of lost his place. Yep, it Ockles. Players who kind of were in and out. Bernhardson had some injuries. Um, and then you look up front, they've um, not really lost anyone. Uh, Oscar Ager has been sold to Rosenborg. He never really got a massive look in at the end of the day. Um, they've still got Per Frick. Then they've got Sveen, uh, Aaron Goodjonsson, obviously Ida Goodjonsson's son. He's 24 now, probably needs to contribute a little bit more. And then they brought back Jack Cooper Love. Uh, I think he's half English from uh, Skovda in Super Essen. 14 goals in 27 games. He's only 21, and I would expect him to get a lot more game time this year. But in terms of just overall, Steve, I think that the reason I have them in seventh is that I just think they're a li- I still think they're a little bit light up front. I'm not sure those three can sort of get you maybe 20 to 40 goals, you know, across the season, uh, which other teams have that ability in, in their forward areas. I think that um Vizen and Alm and Olsen are all key players that they've lost in the last year. I know that they've got an experienced defense with likes of Hull, but they're not really dynamic. You know, I think there'll be certain games that they just solidly see out 2 0, 1 0. But I also think in games that become a bit of a, a scrap, you know, a bit of an end to end, they they will not want an end to end game, Elsborg. I think when they play teams like Hacken who go at you, um, maybe teams like maybe Malmo with Taha Ali, Nanasi. I just wonder if that defence is dynamic enough to sort of contain that energy of other, other teams. Um, so that that's why I have them there. And I think if they can keep Baidu, seventh should be attainable. Just a very quick word on the manager, Jimmy Tellin. Experienced manager now. I think it's his fifth year in the job um, coming up. Um, where do you stand on him right now? Yeah, I think, I don't know if you remember two or three years ago, I was quite I was quite critical of him on the pod. I think where back in the days, I think he was a, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe he was at Yon Shopping as well before that when they were in Osvenskan. And, um, you know, there were there were times where I was a little bit wondering what he was doing. I know that Elsborg, one good thing about them is they have a really kind of set way of what they want to do. From what I understand of the club, they have, they've got their metrics. They know exactly kind of what kind of players they want to target. Um, they have their playing style set. They know exactly what they want to do. And that's probably why they haven't had a huge amount of turnover. Um, I think, Tellin's always been really highly rated. You know, he's been considered one of the best coaches in Sweden from a young age. Um, and he likes that high press. He likes that sort of uh, tactical flexibility a little bit, I think, in the midfield, for example. And I think he's got a really clear game style. So I think they've got a strong emphasis on they have to fit into what they want to do as a, as a club. But I just think in terms of ambition-wise, they, they, they've been quite calm. You can see there's only, there's only, there's only what, two signings there? Two, two big sort mm-hmm. of name signings couple back from loans and stuff like that but they haven't really gone out for it maybe in the summer they might try and strengthen a bit but um i do like Tillen and i wonder if he might be in, in contention for other jobs in the future but it seems like he's onto a good thing there at elsborg and um they've got a lot of continuity at the moment which is which is a positive thing for them as a club um and you know they can look to sort of build on that seventh place prediction for elsborg then um now the next team we're going to talk about are currently managerless uh, at the time of recording. Um, the season hasn't even started yet, but an Alsvenskan club has already sacked their manager. And uh, it kind of makes sense because it was revealed on the last podcast that their main signing of the season was indeed myself. I am on board <laughs> for the ride um, of this of this team 
Jonathan. Um, I mean, what, what kind of madness is this? That um, I mean, we haven't the, the sack race. Um, you know, the season's not even begun, and we've already got a manager biting the dust. So we're in eighth place, who are we going with? Yeah, in eighth place, I'm going for EF Core Yotterborg. I feel, on one hand, I feel a little bit harsh, but on the other hand, I just feel like it's bang on, and that actually they could be maybe one place lower. Um, there's a lot of variables to this. That's probably you know why really I'm not I'm not entirely sure where they'll be, but I think I think mid table is probably a solid solid. But I think I had them. I think I had them last season. I think I had them in a similar position. The media have got them in eighth as well. Uh, they did finish eighth last year. I think last season I had them in seventh. Um, so, you know, mid sort of solid mid-table club. I had them above Hacken last year, so I got that got that massively wrong. Um, why have I got them here? Okay, so Mika Starr has gone. Four weeks before the season begins, he, he's been shown the door. Um, the cup defeat to Noor Shopping and obviously losing to guys, I think, were fatal for him in, in terms of his role. The club announced that they wanted to go in a different direction with a little bit more emphasis. They want to challenge for Europe. I think they mentioned in their statement. Um, they haven't announced a new manager yet, but they've gone for the sort of joint, this trendy joint manager duo. Uh, is that the third, I think, or fourth joint manager duo in the league? Um, so they've gone for uh, a, a quite an experienced duo of William Lundin and Alexander Tengrid as temporary joint managers. Now, Lung, Lundin and Tengrid, now I think I'm right in saying one of them was at Trollhattan uh, and did a, did a decent job, but was not you know, expected to be anywhere near the EF Corps manager's job. He got a ro- coaching role um, and that has led to you know, this, this, this huge opportunity, basically. So um, they, they met, they didn't even know each other until they the last few months this this joint manager tour but they've been asked to do step into the role and do a job uh, and they've decided to do it now from what I can understand I mean Lundin's first job was in 2018 and he was only 25 years old he did really well at Trollhattan um, nearly got them to to Superettan um, they were only a few points away from Superettan and in his first season they they got promoted um, to the third tier I believe uh, he's now 30 years old Lundin um, so he joined he of course an assistant manager just thinking he'll be a coach and you know a few months later he's he's the manager of the club now uh Tengrid as well has been there they met um i think what they from what he said we are going to have a 50 50 leadership um it's not that i will have the offensive plays and and alex will do the defensive plays we'll try and mix it up um but the model we will use will be something to play in a constructive way and and mix things up so i mean Sometimes, Steve, you actually give away what you're going to do when you say you're not going to do it, isn't it? So I don't, you know, maybe one's going to work on attack and one's going to work on defense or they'll they'll switch it around. I don't know. but It's like American football. We've got an offensive yeah. coordinator and a defensive coordinator. Yeah. I mean, they, they're considered, I think, up, upcoming coaches. That, that's for sure. Obviously, he's got success in a, in a, in a smaller role. Um, he said that, listen, if we don't get any news, then we'll continue day, for, day to day. But if a new manager comes in, we'll, we'll stay and support them. So they seem pretty open-minded about it. I think let's see how it goes, basically. And if maybe the mm. right manager comes along, he, he of course, will, will go for them. In terms of just like my reasoning for, for eight, Steve, that, that, that's one reason. Um, the other reason is just looking at the squad now. The two key things I would say is, number one, can the best player in their team stay fit? Marcus Berg, he is ageing now. And I just think that <clears throat> can they rely on his goals? If he, if he can stay fit and get 30 games, then 
they may well look for look to finish higher than this. But at 36 years old, his body was creaking last year. There was a lot of he missed a lot of training sessions. There were a lot. He, I remember him making some comments saying that he's his body is sort of getting older and he's not he's not able to train like day to day anymore. Um, he has to pick and choose his training sessions and just an extra year under his belt. I mean, for me, it was pound for pound one of the best strikers in the league, maybe along with Jeremy F and Antonsen, but 36, you know, it becomes a bit yeah. slow, doesn't it? Mm. He's no uh, spring chicken anymore, is he? No, I mean, we'll talk about their squad in a little bit, but I mean, you as a fan, wouldn't you probably agree with me, wouldn't you? I, I, generally, you know me, I like a, I prefer youth. Um, I think you do need a bit of experience as well. And, you know, but you can't be relying on someone that old to be starting regularly all the time. Uh, I saw his price in fantasy was quite high. What do you, what do, what do EF Core have to do? This, I, I, they're a really tough team to predict. We don't know if there's going to be a full-time manager come in at some point this season. Where do they need to, what do they need to do on and off the field to sort of just make some progress towards that top six? Yeah, it's a great question. And every, every, with EF Core, every year it's almost slightly different. It's always, you know, that star of going four weeks before the season. It's always, I, I feel like EF Core, they just, they always get the, in, I mean, not always, but in the last sort of four or five years, they get their timing wrong quite often. Do you know what I mean? Like when yeah, to, when to, yeah, when to yeah, get yeah. rid of a manager, when to start a new project. You know, they went through the sort of like, um, they went for the young coach, upcoming coach, obviously went to Barnsley near, wasn't it? Um, in the end, uh, you know, it didn't quite work. They went for this sort of nice attacking style, didn't they? From Gisunsar, they took Gisunsar's coaches and tried to play that possession style. Didn't maybe give it enough time. They went for the experienced manager, Roland Nielsen, gone back to Mika Star. Like they, I just, you know, they went for they signed Marek Hamzik, isn't it? One minute they wanted youth, they announced this big thing about youth. Then they signed Marek Hamzik, who sticks around for two, three months to get himself fit and then leaves for Turkey. Like every year, there's sort of one new storyline that pops up that you, you know, you're not entirely there's not one vision that you just say, right, this is where they're going and they're going to stick to it for one to two, three years. The only thing you can guarantee with EF Core is that they have an, an amazing academy and they're always going to produce talent from that academy. Um, and that has really got them out of jail a lot of times in the last few years, because I think that without that, they could really well have looked at relegation at one, one mm-hmm. or two times in the past few years. You know, they were close to it once or two, two times, weren't they? Um, in terms of the squad, um, an academy player is back, of course, Ponta Stahlberg, formerly at Watford. Um, he's 24 now, but he, he'll probably be the number one goalkeeper. Warner Hahn has left. I really liked Hahn. He fell out with the club and I thought it was a shame really, because for the first half of the season, I thought he was outstanding. Um, he's gone to Japan and Darba came back mid-season and it was a bit weird. It was kind of like what Han just sort of lost his place. And I felt a little bit sorry for him to be honest. I, I wonder exactly what went on there. If you look at the defence, I mean, you've got 37-year-old Oscar Vent, you've got 33-year-old Salomon. So these are all players who have been at EF Court. You know, 29 years old, Sebastian Olsen's the main signing. He's back from St. Pauli. He hasn't had a club for six months. Um, the main man in defence, Johan Bangsbo, he's got big clubs looking at him, um, linked with Liverpool, uh, Bayer Leverkusen, Feyenoord. He's only 20 years old and he's going to be a talent to watch. They've lost Carl Johansson, Matthias Biasmi has retired. Actually, he started a podcast. So we may have a rival podcast. Him, <laughs> him, uh, former guest Tobias Hussein, and I think Pont- uh, I think, uh, I think it's Vern Pontus Vernblum, is it? Three former EF Core players anyway have started a podcast together and they're going to uh, I might even ask. Somebody, Maybe they might get you on as a guest. I might ask him for an invite onto that. Pontus Wormblum, I think it is. They played together. They've got a, a new pod that was announced. So good luck to them if they're listening to BS. Obviously, yeah, 
one-time guest. He was a great guest, wasn't he? Um, midfielder signed Elias Hagen, so I'll ask you for I'll ask you your thoughts on him in a minute. Uh, Ex-Buda Klim, 11 assists, five goals in 78 games. Um, they've got a midfielder I quite like called Abundance Salau from from Ivory Coast, Asek Mimosas. Um, he played quite a bit last season, and I, I quite like the look of him, actually. Uh, Simon Turner is the breaking news. He's just left to Varnamo, which is a massive signing, I think, for Varnamo. Um, the 30-year-old, he's experienced. Gustav Norlin will be relied on for goals. Adam Carlin has come in from Dega Fours. Anders Tronson has come in, I think, from Trabzonspor. Uh, he's played in 162 times in Elite Serien, Steve, so you'll, you can tell me about him as well. The big name I'm looking forward to watching again is Hussein Karneel. He was in my 10 to watch. He apparently has got a new position this season, might be a number 10. Uh, I think he's a, one of the best young talents in the league and I'm excited to see him play. Uh, but they've lost Hossam Aish, Kevin Jakob, Amir Alamari, um, a few others as well to be a signer. Obviously, he's already left. Eric Sorger barely played. So I don't think I'll miss some of the players that have left. Um, Emin Markovic up front is going to be a lot of response. I think, Steve, the, the three players are going to have a huge responsibility on them this season and they will determine the season for me for EF Court. Marcus Berg, Eman Markovic, obviously, who they, they signed from uh, Noor Shopping, um, who did weigh in with a few goals, but he's only 23. And Suleiman Abdullahi, now he didn't pull up any trees, signed from Union Berlin. He hasn't played much football at all for the last year or so, but he, he came in mid-season, eight games, no goals. The jury's out for me, but he was like the big signing that was supposed to sort of maybe take the burden off Berg. Um, those three, and if they can, where where can they get the goals from is my big question. Um, let's hope Marcus Berg stays fit because he's a top, top player, but I, I feel like this could be his last season at the top level. Yeah, I think it's going to be a season of ups and downs for EF Core. Elias Christopher Hagen, I think it's quite a good signing. Um, I think it's a really good addition, 700,000 euros. Maybe it's a little bit steep. But they need that sort of player in midfield at that sort of age, I think. Um, he will do well for them, I, I personally believe. But yeah, I think there's going to be ups and downs, certainly, with EF Core. And um, yeah, I, yeah, this club needs to get back in, in contention for... For the for, for the for the title race eventually, you know they've won cups, but they need to be. I mean, they're, the minute Heckener, the team from Gothenburg, so this is not the greatest of times for EF Core, and I think like they need it almost needs to be a medium to long term project. Well, let's see how they get on this season. Eighth place prediction for Jonathan Faduba, and um, we're going to move now into the bottom half of the table, and starting with a team in. The Swedish Cup final, Mjallby, who, um, well, they're a very interesting team. I quite like them, I must say. Um, with, <laughs> now, normally with this sort of uh, side who are known for defence and not many goals, I would say switch off and don't turn in. However, I've got to say, tactically, this team has been a brilliant watch over the last two or three years. Is, is the same sort of trend going to happen again? Well, it's a bit like when I when I when you play the EF Core Jotterberger anthem. Like, there's a gleam in your eye whenever Mialbi get mentioned. Steve. I think if EF Core Mialbi had a had a playoff game, it would be for sort of uh, the Steve Wiss Cup. Um, yeah, Mialbi AIF are my tip for ninth place. I, I said to you before the match, before we started recording, sorry, before the match, <laughs> treating this like a cup final. Um, I said to you before we started recording that I, I, I deliberated long and hard about should I put Mialbi actually higher. I did consider them eighth and seventh. Um, and I do feel like they could be the dark horse to, to maybe finish top half. Um, but 
I've just gone for ninth, uh, just below EF core. I feel like they could finish above EF core, actually, and I may come to regret that, but we'll come back to that. Um, obviously, cup finalists, they've got their old manager about Anders Torsters, and if you haven't listened to the Anders Torstersen episode of the Nordic Football Podcast about about a year and a half ago or so now, I would urge you to listen to it. Um, it will give you all the insight you need into why we like Mialbi, because um, I think the episode was called Military Mastermind, and he has masterminded them to the uh, to the cup final, Torstens. And don't forget, this is the man who nearly broke the all-Svenskan all-time record for consecutive clean sheets in a row. I think there were 17 minutes away from doing that. Mm. Uh, had an amazing clean sheet run. And the one thing you can guarantee with Mialbi under Torstens and Steve, I mean, even with Brandstrom, but with Torstensen as well, they are going to be well-drilled. They're going to be disciplined. They're going to be hard to beat as they've proven in these cup games. I mean, beating some of the teams they beat to get even to the final is really, I mean, the semi-final, nobody expected them to win that one, did they? And they pulled out a, a solid victory in Torstensen's classic style. Um, <clears throat> if you look at the sort of players they've signed, they've, 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 they've been quite active, actually. There's a lot of ins and outs. Um, so I think their sporting director will have had a busy few months, that's for sure. Uh, I'll just go through some of the signings. Alexander Lundin from, from Bromar Poikina. He'll be a reserve goalkeeper. He's dirty. Tom Pettersson, uh, we talked about him a few times. I, mean, I remember Sean Constable going into a big spiel about Tom Pettersson once on, on the pod as a guest. Um, he signs from Lillestrom on a free transfer, ex-Ostersunds. Ex Obviously, that's where Sean knows him. Colin Rosler, the, the son of Uwe Rosler, formerly Man City Academy. Uh, he's joined on a free transfer. He's a sort of solid centre-back. Harvard Brawson um, signs on a free from Orgrita as well. He played 35 games for Orebro in the past. He's only 23. Isaiah Eje, they seem to recruit quite well from Nigeria. He's a 20-year-old who impressed on trial and has got himself a deal. Um, they've still got Noah Isla and even Chris Act, despite losing, obviously, Gracia as a big loss at centre-back. But I think um, between Pettersson, Rossler, and maybe uh, Chris Act and Isla, I think they, they potentially have got enough. Um, then in midfield, they've got Noah Pearson. Obviously, he's uh, he already played for them last year, but he's actually got a big move to young boys burn, Steve, for a million euros. They've sold him and loaned him straight back. A uh, promising wide player. He can sort of play left-sided, um, left-sided sort of forward or can sometimes play as a forward. Uh, one goal, three assists in 29 games last season. But he's got a big move to Switzerland, of course. Um, they've got Jesper Gustafsson, Victor Gustafsson, obviously Lospis. Otto Rosengren is a really top young talent at 19. Imam Mianyi, someone I really like. We, we'll talk about him in the future. But uh, he, don't forget, he went to Everton's academy. He was someone that we, uh, we had as a player to watch once. Didn't work out for him at Everton and he, he's back in Sweden now. And I think that's a good pickup for him. I mean, Everton paid 1.5 million euros for him, Steve, uh, back in the day when he was at Hacken. So um, let's see how he gets on as a 19-year-old if he gets minutes. Uh, they've signed a kid called Elliot Stroud from Odevold as well. Um, then up front, uh, they've got Herman Johansson as well, who, by the way, who's, uh, he's someone who should get a lot of minutes. And then up front, they've got uh, Silas and Wankwo, who are, I, I thought had a really good season, eight goals in 28 games. Mamadou Mora is still there. He's sort of a reliable squad player, good, good, good customer to having his squad. He can weigh in with an important goal here or there. And then the sort of main signing probably is Alexander Johansson from uh, Varberg Boys. Uh, six goals, three assists last season for Varberg. And he got four and four in the cup. So uh, could he be a dark horse, maybe a late bloomer? Um, he's joining a free transfer. More of a sort of wide player at times, but seems to be being played as a striker under Torstensen. So one to watch. Obviously, the loss of um, Bergstrom is, is is a big loss, I think, for the dressing room. Um, but in terms of the other outs, sort of Taylor Silverholt, Rasmus Wiedersheim, Paul never really did it for me. Um, so 
I don't think they've lost too many that they're massively missed. Jet Mehiliti is one. Uh, obviously, he's gone back to AIK. I think he's he's a bit of a loss. But uh, all things considered, um, the squad is looking in pretty good shape. You know exactly what you're going to get from Miaby. I must say, they're probably one of the most predictable teams in the whole league. I'd imagine at the end of the season, they are the team that's going to have the most under two and a half goal games. Actually, I lie. Halmstad are going to rival them for that this year, but they, they're going to be quite solid. But one thing I like about them, they, their matches don't contain many goals, but they are so well structured. There's a clear game plan. They're not sort of a time-wasting merchants, things like that. They have a tactical setup and they counter-attack brilliantly. They've been good from set pieces. Anders Torstensen was one of my favourite ever interviews that we've done on the Nordic Football Podcast. I wish I'd been part of it. I hope one day I can maybe get on, uh, you know, get in, involved again. Let's get uh, get him on the show again, maybe. And uh, I want to be involved. He, he loves his golf. Um, I'd love to have a round of golf with him. I'd take nine holes with him, actually. Uh, <laughs> but um, I, I really uh, hope they, they, they do do well. And, um, you know, good luck to them, obviously, in the cup. Finally, you think in ninth place, you're basically thinking themselves and all the other teams we've obviously talked about so far, you're thinking they're going to be safe from relegation. Yeah, and you, you've made some good points there, Stephen. And yeah, that, that's my rationale. I mean, if you look at it, Steve, at the end of the day, you've got the teams around and sort of EF core. Um, obviously, we haven't spoken about one or two of them. That's the North Shopping Vine, the most serious, Elsborg. Mialbi are just the sort of team that they'll, they'll be, you know you're in for a game with Mialbi. I think I, I don't think there'll be many games that they get a, get a whooping, do you know what I mean? I don't think they'll take two. I can see the likes of your EF core. I can see the likes of Sirius. I can see the likes of North Shopping on an off day getting getting a bit of a beating. But I just can't see that for Mialbi. They'll, they'll be competitive mm. in almost every game they play, I think. The only thing that might change this prediction, Steve, is if they actually won the cup and got into Europe, because that would be some drain on that squad. Yeah. Um, and in terms of the finances, they just do not have the finances to maybe go and you know sign three or four players um, on big money. So that's the only if. But let's be honest. I mean, they're not they're not the favourites for that cup final, are they? So um, yeah, I think they'll be they'll be a really hard team to beat. And you're right, they won't score many goals, but they won't concede many either. And um, yeah, I think you're in for a tough game when you play Melbourne. Okay, well, let's now talk um, about uh, the team that you've actually got in uh, 10th place. And this might seem a little bit low, perhaps, um, for some people. Uh, very difficult side to predict over the last few years, I must say. Quite an exciting side. Often seem to be a bit of a mess off the field. Be interested to see if they've changed that a bit, Jonathan. And that team is North Shopping, of course. 10th place prediction uh, here for you. Take us through um, how they are shaping up heading into the 2023 campaign. Yeah, well, anyone who listened to um, the podcast last season, the season preview, you might remember that I was really quite down on, on Norshbing and, and I got it right, didn't I? Nobody really predicted it last year. I think you the, nailed it. Yeah. I think last season, the media had them in sixth. Um, and I had them the season before that, they'd finished 10th. And I, sorry seventh and i predicted them in tenth and i think i raised a few eyebrows but i ended up being sort of um pretty pretty spot on wasn't i steve more or less uh they actually finished even lower uh did they finish 12th um it was so, a yeah. poor year for them wasn't it no doubt yeah really it. a really bad year uh obviously they went through um ricard norling got a new manager in i mean they had off, off field issues and, and i think the first place to start really is uh 
Christopher Kazani. Fantastic to see him, I think, back in training and back. I think he played a game. Uh, 27-year-old, it was confirmed that he, he suffered a brain tumour. I don't know if you remember the beginning of last season, Steve, there was a, he was out for an undisclosed period and um, there was a lot of really worrying comments um, and, and it was really like the squad was really massively affected. They nearly postponed, I think, one of their games because they were so shocked about what her, the diagnosis and everything when they found out it was kept private for a while. Um, him coming back is really nice and obviously um, it was a human story. I'm so happy to hear that he's kind of maybe on the mend. Um, but that maybe knocked them a little bit as well. They got a new manager in in the form of uh, another Danish coach, Glenn Riddersholm, uh, another former Michelin coach. Michelin seems to be sort of uh, coming coming up in Sweden these days, don't they? Um, he won the league with Michelin in 2015, and he's won the Danish Cup as well with Sonderiska in 2020. So he's an experienced coach who who replaced Norling. Came in mid-season with a bit of swag about him. I remember him on the touchline, Stephen, one or two games, sort of giving it. I think it was a Malmo game away to Malmo. Where he was properly on the touchline, Steve, like you know, just like you know, you know, a manager, a bit of like Neil Warnock style, kind of just like really going at going at um the 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 opposing coaches and stuff like that. He wasn't he wasn't backing down, which I quite like. Um, so it seems like a bit of a character. But the main issue for North, Steve, I don't. In in previous years, I, I remember s- discussing them with you, and I was I remember saying like, in my opinion, they they've got too much money, then they know what to spend with it because they, they made so much money from transfers like Addict Benro um, and others that they'd sold. But actually, Steve, the, they've had a real issue that they sold a lot of their players to Russia. Um, and I mentioned it, you know, early in the show that they haven't been paid for a lot of their transfers. And that's actually led to a bit of a financial crisis. They, they rode, they still owe quite a lot of money on transfers that they sold. Um, their former, you know, chief scout was really good at selling players, their sporting director. Um, but they haven't paid, and unfortunately for North, I think it's, it's knocked their finances. It's knocked their ability to, you know, work their way in the market. <clears throat> so yeah, really bad season in general as well. The player recruitment was all wrong last year. You know, they, they lost Alex Benro and didn't replace him. Um, they lost like the likes of uh, Bergman, Johansson. They, they've they've gone through a lot of top players in the last few years, uh, and it continued, didn't it, last season? Steve, they lost Ishak Abdul Razak went to Anderlecht for for three million euros. You know, like I said, they're making money. Um, they've lost Jonathan Levi now this 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 winter. He's gone to Hungary for 600k. He will be missed. Uh, they've lost a uh, Victor Agardis has gone. Um, uh, Linus Valkvist has already obviously left. He's gone to Poland. Uh, Godsvillek Polo's left. Uh, Dargestal obviously left as well. He was on loan. Um, so they have lost again quite a few names. Markovic has obviously gone to EF Core, as I mentioned earlier. Um, Lucas Lima's left. So there's a lot of names out. But I think there was one or two reasons for optimism. I think some of the recruitment has been quite good. Uh, I like the signing of Yaya Kali. He's back from uh, Groningen on a half-season loan, uh, formerly EF Corman and was at Malmo, I think, as a youngster. Uh, Isaac Siwan Cambo, your man, he has joined the club, but he's unfortunately picked up, I think, quite a bad injury. Um, they've got one or two players like Daniel Lee, John Carlos Debrito, hopefully back from injury uh, to look out for. Marco Lund isn't, isn't a bad player. In midfield, um, and this is going to be the key, really. Arna Sigurdsson, for me, is the best player by an absolute mile. Uh, he shouldn't be anywhere near Osvenskan, uh, the former CSK Moscow man. They sold him for 3.6 million. He's back, obviously, like I said, the uh, situation in, in Russia. Um, he came back last season, got six goals in 11 games. Um, there's no way he should be there. And if he leaves in the summer, they're in big trouble because I don't think they have anyone who could replace him. Um, a couple of signings, Jesper Cisse. Uh, he was previously at uh, Bromopoikana 
and he's, he's he wanted more game time and he's left AIK. And I think that's quite a big potential signing for him. I think AIK made about 250,000 euros. 21-year-old um, midfielder who could come in and maybe uh, stake a claim. Um, former pod guest Vito Hamatoy Mistrati, 116 games, 14 goals, 13 assists in Denmark's top tier. Uh, he was at Randers and others, and he, he, he joins from Cluj. Um, so obviously Henry, um, who knows all about him, obviously interviewed him for us on the, on the Nordic Football Podcast. Um, the midfield's not, apart from that, you know, they've got Altmark, Trousterson, Schoolerson, Shabani. I'll expect more from Shabani this season, but really Sigurdsson holds it all together. Um, and then up front, Steve, they're still relying on Christopher Niemann, 30-year-old. He, he's, you know, a reliable customer up front. Um, they've got two young players to maybe look out for. One uh, who was at Hamcam, I don't know if you know much about him, Victor Lint, a Danish under-21 international, he's 19. And one other talent who I quite who I, I would urge to look out for, Emil Roback, the man from AC Milan. He left Hammerby in 2020 for 1.5 million euros, went to uh, AC Milan. I think he only played one or two games for them in in like cup and things like that. He played for the U teams mainly, um, but he's been loaned back to Norseland for this season. And um, he's a dynamic forward who I, I'm looking forward to watching in Osvenskan. So one or two reasons for optimism, but all in all, I think the squad is still a little bit weak and, and I just can't see Sigurdsson staying past the summer. He's too good. Yeah, Victor Lind, he was on loan at Hamcam last year and I think a lot more was expected of him because he was scoring a lot of goals uh, in the youth team um, in, over in Denmark. He didn't even net in um, Elite Serien at all. He's still young though, uh, 19 years old, 20 in the summer. Um, interesting team, Norshipping. I, I can never make head or tail of them to be honest I, I ever since that season they very nearly won the league went to the last day didn't it can't remember who beat them. It might have been aik might have beat him i think um but yeah i mean 10th place he's predicting like, what's the ceiling for them could they get sucked into danger or do you think no no problems if they lose sigurdsson in the summer and don't replace him then yes uh ridders is a decent manager i think he's experienced but i don't think he can work miracles he, he's already given an interview actually where he said his hands are a little bit tied He's admitted he hasn't been able to get the defend, defenders that he wanted. So that is, you know, when managers start saying that on the eve of the season, it's always a concern. Um, I don't think they will go down. I don't think they'll have a worse season, but I wouldn't rule. I can't rule it out. You know, I think they will improve on their 12th place finish, but I wouldn't say it's guaranteed. Um, but the one thing I'd say is I think Riddersholm is a decent manager. They did improve, uh, uh, you know, once he took the role and, and sort of sorted themselves out a little bit. Um, Neiman is going to be really relied on for goals, and I just, I just wonder. I think they'll be more exciting. I think I'm a bit more optimistic because I think they'll actually be quite a bit more entertaining to watch, if you know what I mean. So it might be from a selfish point of view that I think they'll be better to watch than last season. I thought they were quite drab under Norling, and it just got really stale yeah. really fast. I think the likes of Roback, um, there's one or two others, Sigurdsson, who are exciting to watch, but the question is, can they actually improve? Um, the jury's out, Steve, really, honestly. I think anywhere between 8th and, and 12th, but 10th is where I'm going. Yeah, um, OK, that's the top 10 sorted then. Um, now, we're going to talk about this relegation battle now because I think the six teams here that you think maybe could be something a danger, going to be in this dogfight, and uh, might have to skip through two or three of them because... As usual, my timekeeping is a little bit uh, out of hand. I'm actually off to I'm actually off to Switzerland at the end of June with my cousin. Maybe I need to get one of them Swiss watches, Jonathan. Please because, do, mate. Please because, do. Uh, but anyway, um, what I'm going to ask you to do here, 
is um, I want you give me first of all the two teams that you're predicting to be automatically relegated, and then who uh, who you got 11 to 14, and we'll take it from there. Okay, so we'll start at the bottom then, and mm. yeah, drum roll, I guess. Uh, I am going for Vibe Boys and Bromma Poikina to be relegated, Ooh. unfortunately. And I've noticed in the playoff spot, you are predicting Halmstad for 14th place. Um, and then 11th through to 13th, you've got Varnamo, Sirius and Degaforts. Now, this season, two newly promoted teams, um, Halmstad and Bromma Poikina. Uh, Varbo, of course, won the uh, won in the playoffs, so they retained their status. 14th place, Halmstad. Um, I remember the last time they were in the league, you um, you had a little bit of a soft spot for them, didn't you? I absolutely hated them because they were one of the most boring teams I've ever seen in my life. They had, I looked at the stats for this, 20, 25 out of 30 games um, ended under two and a half goals the last time they were in the Alsvenskan. But they come back the first time of asking and they're, they're actually their matches averaged three goals per game last year. Do you think they're going to revert to their old ways of just trying to draw matches, Jonathan? Um, you, you clearly think they've maybe just got enough to certainly avoid automatic relegation. Yeah, last season you were you were a massive hater, uh, or the season before that, sorry, for Halmstad. Um, no idea why, because you you do like sort of defensively solid teams like like Mialbi. So yeah, I, I you know you 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 were not a big fan of them, but I was. I liked what they did. Uh, however. Um, they will be, they will struggle this year. You know, they, it's going to be a tough, tough season for them. But I have them to maybe just edge the, um, just sneak into that relegation playoff. Uh, now, you know, one of the reasons, obviously, I think, I think the manager's still there. Um, you know, he, yeah. he stuck around. Magnus Hagland. Uh, many managers have, you know, many clubs have changed manager, but you know, they believe in Hagland and. He's got the continuity and and sort of done. You know, I like it when they. I like it when relegated teams keep faith in the manager and let him sort out the problems that that they had in the past, and they've gone up. So you know, I thought they were decent last season in in Super Eton and 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 they showed a lot of character to come back. As I said, it can be difficult in that season when you go down. Um, they have an aging but notoriously solid defense. I mean, they've got a thirty plus defense. They've even got a forty one year old in there, Steve. But they're the best defensive record in Super Eton last season, 2022. Let's not forget the year that you talk about there, 2021. They had the second best defensive record in Osvenskan in the entire mm. league. Only AIK had a better defence um, in that year, despite going down. So that tells you that, as you mentioned, it's defence first. Um, now, let's just look at the squad and I'll just go through a couple of things. I'm not entirely... I'm going to be totally honest with the listeners here. I'm, I may change my mind about some of these positions. I think um, I still want to maybe, I may need to, I may reconsider one or two places, but uh, as of today, as of right now, I want to see what the deadline day brings. But as of right now, just looking at Hamstad's squad, they've got a settled back four in terms of Bafo, um, you know, the one or two others. They've brought in Benjamin Hjerdstrand, who was, at, uh, or he played, I think he played for Odebro in the past and he he, he was at Braga. Um, Gustav Freeberg signed from Skovda on a free transfer. So they picked up quite a lot of players from Skovda, by the way, who um, you know were in Super Retin last year and, and, and weren't bad. Uh, Thomas Boyaki, 
Joseph Baffo, as I mentioned, Andreas Johansson is the 41-year-old. He was vital to their promotion, I think, the, a couple of years before that. But obviously getting on in years a little bit. Um, Gabriel Wallentin as well. So the defence is, nobody really stands out, but they've just got a solid unit. Um, and obviously Baffo and, uh, and Johansson in the past have been the, those rocks at the back for them. They've lost, obviously, Benson and a couple of others. Um, in midfield, they've signed Amir Alamari. Amari, he's the one who probably they will rely on. Uh, he's from EFL Yotobog on loan. I think they'll expect him to maybe hopefully get some goals. Uh, they've got Eric Arstrand and one or two others. I mean, even as I look at this squad, Steve, it is thin. You know, there's no denying that. It is quite a thin squad. Uh, Jonathan Svedberg, Joel Allenson, I mean... They've lost Samuel Crew and they've lost one or two others. I mean, in some ways, as I look at the squad, I'm actually starting to worry a bit more. Um, but I just think they're going to be very, very solid. And in terms of strikers, the main one they're going to be looking at is Victor Granath. 30 games, 24 goals in the Super Retin. He was the Golden Boot uh, winner. It's his first ever time playing at Osvenskan level. How will he adapt? That is going to be the key question. Um, and then, of course, Alexander Johansson, 25 games, 15 goals. So I think, I think between those two, and the new signing, Naeem Mohamed, I don't know much about him if he's from the third tier, but between the two of those that I've just mentioned, Granath and Johansson, they may just have enough firepower if Granath can kind of do an Antonsen, you know, and uh, in the past years and just fire them to safety. But yeah, it's just by the skin of their teeth, I think they'll get in the playoff. Um, I don't know if you want me to just move on to Varberg and, and Bromapoikin just quickly in terms of why I think they'll go down. Yeah, I think so. I think it's probably a good idea. Obviously, Bromapoikin are um, you know newly promoted side. Maybe maybe you could sort of talk about the club quite a bit as well as, as a whole. Um, maybe not so much in terms of heading into the season, but I do know you know they're a, a big talent factory um, for, for young players. A very popular football manager, say, down the years, Bromapoikin, of course. But you've got them 16th place. Um, it may well be a struggle struggling of a campaign though. Yeah, I mean I think I think I think with with Halmstad they may, you know, if, if the strikers don't score goals, they may dip into the market and, and pick up some players. I think one of the reasons that I like them more than say um Bruno Poikina is I think the continuity of the manager and also the squad. Now when you look at Bruno Poikina, what worries me with them is that they have the complete opposite. They've got a complete lack of continuity now they've got a new manager um i think it's another joint manager joby might have to correct me if i'm wrong there olaf is it olaf, olaf melberg olaf, olaf melberg's back i think he's got another coach with him um but i might have to double check that um so he their their, their, their man who obviously got them promoted has gone to sirius um so that is a blow uh you know so he he did really well obviously he took over from sean constable i believe didn't he and, and i think I might be right in saying he got back-to-back promotions, Christopher Matthiason. Um, so, yeah, he had an incredible run from January 2021 to December 2022, two seasons there. Um, and he's obviously gone to Sirius. They've picked him up, and that is a massive loss, I think. So he, you know, that, that lack of continuity is something that's going to affect them. Uh, in terms of the squad as well, Robert Poikin, if you look at some of the key men from there, promotion season that you know they've gone i mean a lot of them have been sold to 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 your garden as i mentioned there bergval you know the bergval um sort of uh the bergvals have, have gone uh you know and i just wonder about i know they i know they always have an incredible academy 
but just looking through the players, I mean, they've got obviously Oscar Lina. That was quite a uh, funny story last season, wasn't it? With Gustav yeah. with them. Um, Kroon from Hamstad, who I, I mentioned I've liked. He's a, he's a winger. But will he be enough to sort of keep them up? I'm not sure. Um, if you look at the, the key men from the last season, as I mentioned, Steve, Lucas Bergvall has gone. 900,000 euros to Eurogarden. I mean, he was playing as a 16-year-old for Brother Poikina. Odefalk, 400k he, as an 18-year-old. Uh, Oscar Krusnell has gone to um, Haugesund, the left back. Um, Jonas Olsen has gone to Degafors. So they have lost quite a few players who were quite important. I mean, you've only got to look at, say, you know, Odefalk um, last season as an example. 27 games in Super Eta, one goal, five assists. You know, that's an important contribution, uh, especially when he's 17, 18. Um, so probably can have always been built on that youth. And I just, I just worried, Steve, that you know, youth in Osvenskan level is not necessarily what's going to keep you up, is it? I think it's more experience. And then when you look at Melberg, if I'm comparing him to maybe Hagland or um, your your comparison, for example, at Varberg, um, he didn't have the best of seasons, did he, at, at Helsingborg in the past? So I just worry a little bit about the lack of continuity for Ron Poitner. I have to say, it's a bit of a concern that we've lost the manager to Sirius. I mean, I, I mean, no disrespect to Sirius here, but I mean, it's not like he's moved somewhere really, really big, is it? I, I just think that's a real concern. Um, you know, we know they are a talent factory and, um, you know, it's going to be, they are the bookmakers' hot favourites to go straight back down. You think that is pretty justified? Yeah, the, I mean, the bookie, the, the media main largely predicts them to go down and mm. I, I pretty much, I pretty much agree. Um, I think they're going to need, they're, they're not a club that spends a lot of money either because they've just got, probably the best academy in Sweden. They will find some top talents. And it wouldn't mm. surprise me, Steve, if in a six months' time or three, four months' time, we're talking about one or two of their players. You know, Kevin Ackerman's a player that I really have liked throughout his career. I remember watching him at Hacken as a youngster. He went to Fiorentina, um, had heart issues. Someone like that might emerge and, and, and take the league by storm. But, you know, they, 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 just, they just don't give me that feeling that, you know, that the gap between Superettan and Nosvenska and sometimes you can get caught. And I just wonder if it might be a little bit early. You know, when you have back-to-back promotions as well, Steve, it's, you know, sometimes there's a kind of, you've gone above your, you know, you've, you've almost gone too quickly, if that mm. makes sense, to, to be able to adapt. Yeah. And the, oh, that's yeah. my worry with Bromont Poikana. Simply as well, just because the other teams I've got in that area, Degafors, I think are stronger than them. I think that Varnamo is stronger than them. I think Hamstad, like I say, have got the continuity. And even Varberg, I just think are slightly stronger than them, all things considered. So, that's why I've got Bromley Poikina, unfortunately, to go down. And going down with them, you're thinking Varberg. Varberg boys, um, 15th place prediction. Uh, I was actually going to have a look at them myself ahead of this uh, particular season because I can never really get a grip on this team. But, um, I mean, it's an absolute mess, isn't it, if you look at the squad. I mean, the ins alone just this season. Um at some point you got to feel, and it feels like it's like this every single season, Jonathan. At some point, this is going to bite them, surely, where there's just way too many uh, squad changes. The squad itself doesn't know whether it's it's coming or going. They survived by the skin of their teeth last year. And this time, it might not be a case of being on the lucky side. Yeah, I mean, I'm just going to, I'm actually just, I'm not even probably going to do a season preview on this one. I'm just going to read you. I'm just going to read you some comments, right? Yeah. Going to read you Joachim Persson's comments, right? 14 players have been okay. So, just for the, the context, Weiberg have lost 14 players, right? Last season, they finished 
uh, where were they last season? 14th, right? Just narrowly by the skin of their teeth, survived in the division. Uh, 14 is the sort of magic number, isn't it? They've, they've lost 14 players, Steve, uh, and they've signed 14 players. They've got 43-man squad, right? 43. 43-man squad. Now, this is what your comparison said. We will be better this year because we have a significantly better team. We've got more options. Well, you can say that for free. Uh, we've got more hunger. and We've brought in players who are really good. Then we brought in a few more players who played who were in a training camp in Spain. And he's talked about a little bit about the preseason. So um, the interviewer asks him, right, who should we look out for this season? And this is the key answer, Steve, that tells me that they're going to be relegated. His answer is, I don't know. I can name you seven or eight names. Now, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> You've signed 14 players. And he, got, he then goes on to list literally about nine players that he thinks could break through this season. Um, he can't even name enough players. Like, There's too many players that he could even fit into one team that he thinks could break through. Now, he is a good manager, don't get me wrong. Um, and, you know, last season they were tipped for relegation and they used 30 players. And he said that, you know, um, he's used this kind of as a thing and he likes to rotate his squad a lot and he likes to change things. But, I mean, the four, four, you can't even name which player to watch out for this season because you've got eight players that you think are going to be ones to watch. That just tells me that you don't know any, you're not sure what your team's going to be. Um in terms of sort of key names to maybe look out for, Ismail Lushaku is one. Luke Larue maybe could be one to look out for as well. Um, but I mean, where I don't even know who, which players are going to start. They've been pretty up and down in preseason. They've had some sort of shock defeats and things like that. Um, I think it's I mean, fair to say. It's fair 30, to say, yeah. Thirty plus players have been used in preseason. Um, he's mentioned eleven different players that could break through in one year. So I don't know what the team's going to be. You don't know what the team's going to be. The manager doesn't know what the team's going to be. You've got 43 players in a tiny little dressing room. And I just wonder if this is the year that time runs out for um, Bayern in terms of, you know, are they a little bit on borrowed time? Could be wrong. Could get it completely wrong and have egg on my face. But I mean, that's just, I just don't see any continuity. I don't see any shape. And I think this might be the year it it bites them. Mm. It, I've seen instances like this in leagues across the world. And if it goes wrong, it can actually go badly wrong and you can end up rock bottom if you're not careful. Um, but yeah, it feels like they've been walking the tightrope for a while. This might be the year that they get found out. Um, let's just talk about Varnamo now. You've got them in 11th place for this season as a prediction. I've got one one big question here for you. Um, how on earth do they replace Marcus Antonsen's goals? Because, I mean, looking at it, 21 goals last year at a team that generally did all right, but did struggle. Um, he scored an unbelievable percentage of his team's goals. How do they replace that? And, you know, 11th place, I was a little bit surprised that you had them finishing so high here, Jonathan. I'm intrigued. Yeah, last season 10th, I've got them one place below this season. Um, it's a 50-50 with Vinamo. And you're right, you know, the amount of goals that Anton's has scored, I mean, ridiculous number of goals. He's he's obviously done well enough to get a big move to Saudi Arabia. You know, he's he's um he, he's 31 now and I think he's earned that move to be honest, go go and earn some money and you know, provide for your family. I can't I don't think anyone can begrudge him that. Twenty goals in thirty games in Osvenskan last season, an incredible 
uh, record for a newly promoted side who'd never played in Osvenskan. He really was the talisman. Um, it's a really good question to see how do they replace the, the goals. The answer, I guess, on paper is Gustav Engvall. Now, he used to be at Eurogarden, then EFK Jotobog. In the early days of this podcast, you may remember us talking about him uh, four or five years ago, maybe a bit more. Then he left for um, Bristol City. Um, but he's never really hit the heights of what was expected of him, I'll be honest. He's 26. It's a bit of a, I think, a bit of a gamble from Barnum. I think they, you know, they don't have a huge budget and I think they'll have had to be really smart with their recruitment. And this could be a smart signing because he did do it at Osvenskan level for Diff and of Core to a certain extent. But he's not been that prolific. I mean, he's been signed for an undisclosed defeat actually from Mechelen. So they've actually let him go. But 40 games, two goals in in Belgium. Now that does not sort of fill you with confidence. But the reason that I've got them to stay up, Steve, is simple. Uh, for me, they have one of the best coaching teams in Sweden, led by Kim Helberg, and I believe strongly in him to be able to pull something out of the bag for them. And David Salini, of course, uh, shout out if he's listening. Obviously, he's uh, one of the assistant managers there, and he he joined us on the podcast last year and really gave a great insight into Varnum and how they work. And I just think that the coaching they do and the way that um, he improves players, uh, that, that the manager there, I just think anyone they sign will improve. So even though Engvall has got, like I said, that goal record, 2-40 two, two in 40 in Belgium, just something tells me that they might be able to just get a tune out of him and turn him into sort of like a 10-15 goal striker at this level. He's still young enough and he's done it before. And that, that's just where it's maybe a gut feeling. Um, in terms of new signings, Marco Bustos has come in from Pacific FC. He's got six caps for Canada. He's a, a right winger. Um, Oscar Johansson will be relied on a lot. He's, he's he, 28 games of the last season, six assists. Wenderson, I think Zelkovic will be relied on a lot. He joined from uh, he joined last summer, obviously, and did okay in the, in, in the second half of the season. They signed Albion Ademi uh, on a season-long loan, um, I think from Diff, and I think he, you know, he's got a bit of potential about him, 24 years old. Defensively, I mean, obviously they've lost Tihi. I think he's a top player, um, so I think they'll miss him. But Bernardo Villa will probably come in, um, signed from EF Core. You know, back end of last season, he used to play for Varnum, of course, before the move to EF Core. So they've still got players like Netinho and a few others that they've, you know, Venegruen and Freddie Vince and players like that. And I, I just think the, the all in all, when you the squad is really light and small, but my feeling is that um, the management team there will will be able to get enough of a tune out of them to, to, to keep them up. But I think it will be harder this year just because teams will be a little, little bit more prepared for them now. Yeah, it could be a case of second season syndrome, but I'm, I agree with you. Sometimes the coaching set up at a club or a team is definitely something to consider and is worth several points in a season. So, um, yeah, I get your point now where, uh, you know, 11th place, you know, they might get certain trouble, but, yeah, interesting team, Varnum. Quite a, a small club uh, and one that have uh, done really, really well last season. Gustav Engvall actually was at Sarchburg on loan last year. And I think he only scored one goal. But I feel, I'm with you, I think there's a player in there. He gets into good positions. I just wonder if a bit of better coaching and maybe a bit of better man management, self-belief and stuff, confidence, might just get him. He could. I could see him getting close to double-digit goals if he's continues to get in the right position. Yeah, I think, I think that, I mean, the, the only just on that as well, I agree with you. I think that um, there's a gut feeling there that tells me that they, mm. they'll get a tune out of him just like they did with Antonsen. But but the one thing I would say, Steve, if they lose Helberg, who will be coveted, I think, I could see him getting a top job 
in the next year and a half or so. If they lose him at any point in the season, then it, it could be a game changer. So keeping yeah. him is key because the budget there is really, really small. A couple of teams to talk about then. Sirius in, in 12th place. The new manager coming from Bromer Poikin has done really well there. Um, you know, maybe a little bit of a surprise he hasn't stayed at Bromer Poikin, but um, I might tell you something that he, he felt that it was right to move on. Difficult team, Sirius. Um, I looked at their transfer um, ins and outs. Not too much going on with Sirius. Um, what can you tell us about them briefly? Yeah, you've missed out the IK. You're, being, you're, being, you're using abbreviations on these uh, on these graphics, aren't you, Steve? I think uh, <laughs> might be one or two fans who might might uh, not like that too much. But um, yeah, Ecos Sirius. I I don't have. I mean, I'm going to be quite brief on them. I'll be honest. Um, not a huge amount of changes. I think the new manager he did excellently, and I think that is something that will um, stand him in good stead. Which is why I have them a little bit higher. I think he'll be able to get a tune, from what I've seen at Bromwich Poikin anyway. I think there'll be a bit of a he'll be able to get a tune out of them enough to maybe keep them in the league, but I don't expect like a vintage season for them. And I I do think they're starting to enter that category of like potential relegation candidates if they don't just maybe buck up their ideas a little bit. I feel like they're drifting slightly. Uh, you remember the Reestron team? They were so good that year. The likes of Yuya Sagita, Stefano Vecchia, um, they had a really good squad at one point. They've still got some good signs, Steve. I mean, Tashrik Matthews, I think that he's got something in him. Al Sanati, um, I think, is a player I mentioned on the last episode about him. Uh, saw him as a youth team player. And I think that from ASC Askestoon, I think that could be a little bit of a smart piece of business. So I think they've got enough in the squad. Uh, Paka Lagamir's there for me, of course, still. He's 26, a lot to prove. Um, Dennis Midkren, obviously, experienced at the back there. Um, Volklib Person, De Grasa, Mad Matisse. And, you know, they've got a decent spine. Um, but I'm just not convinced that they really, you know, Miabi sort of beat them in the cup and I, I thought they were a little bit flat. I'm not convinced they're going to really pull up many trees. Silly Sufi has still got a lot to prove for me. Kuwaku is going to be the main man again. You know, his goals are going to determine everything really. And I, I just wonder if Kuwaku actually might get a move um, in the summer. He's only 27. And I just wonder if he might fancy making a leap maybe to a bigger club. Um, so that's one to watch. But yeah, I'll keep it brief with them. That, that's pretty much my feelings in a nutshell. Uh, Madison is a highly rated coach, and I think Sirius have done they've done well to get him. Uh, so that gives me a little bit of confidence in the sense of I think they can maybe hit that 12th place. I think maybe Degaforce, who I'm going to speak about in a second as well, might maybe feel like they could finish one place higher, uh, a couple of places higher maybe. But yeah, I think Sirius are in for a season where they fight towards the lower end of the table. Yeah, Degafors, the final team we're going to talk about in this uh, season preview. Um, a team that you've often predicted to go down, actually. But this year, you've got them in uh, 13th place. They were really, they had a great run, didn't they, back end of last season. In fact, both of the last two seasons, they seem to finish the season really strongly. They, in the first half of the campaign, they've, they've kind of looked like relegation fodder quite a bit, but managed to pull themselves together, uh, Degafors. Um what are you? What do you got to say about them uh, to round off this season preview? Yeah, I'll keep it very brief. I think we're running maybe a, bit, a little bit out of time, but um, in in short, I think they will have enough to survive. But it's going to depend on players like Campos and Vukovic up front, um, and how quickly the new signings gel. They've they've signed a lot of new players. I was really down on Deng. I mean, if you listen to the first sort of three or four episodes of last season, you would you'd think I sort of have something against Degaforce. 
um, the way I was They were bad them. though, weren't they? They were I, really I, bad. I slammed them. I mean, I remember the 6-0 defeat to Elsborg and, you know, they were shocking and I thought they were shooing to go down. But let's be fair to the, the joint managers there, Solberg and, uh, and you know, the, the management duo. They, they really did turn it around to be a Solberg. And the, that 3-4-3 system that they've had, you know, I feel like another year in Osvenska and they might just, the continuity again, that might might help them. Um, in terms of signings, I mean, there's one from Odd, Odd uh, Steve, Sandro Rosbach, who you've talked about in the past. I think you mentioned he was, um, I think Leo Pardewalski replaced him, didn't you say at one yeah, point? Yeah, I, I, I'll just breathe. I mean, Rosbach, I think, is quite a decent keeper. I mean, mm. at one point, he was really seen as this great up-and-coming goalkeeping prospect for Norway, actually. And um, if you think about it, he's only really lost his place at Odd due to Valstead being exceptional. So I think he's got plenty to offer. Yeah, and in fact, they've also got uh, Jonas Olsen from BP, as I just mentioned earlier. He was a, he was a regular for them in their promotion season. So I think they'll compete, actually, those two. And, you know, Alfie Whiteman's gone back to Tottenham. I never really, I was never really sold on Whiteman, I'll be honest, um, as, a, as a keeper at Devils. I thought he was a little bit at times shot-stopping. Was, it wasn't, as a, it wasn't a, you know, it wasn't an Ismail Diawara, let's put it that way, obviously, who's at Malmo now. So those two will compete for that first-team spot. Um one or two players just to look out for, I think Abdel Karim Mama Chouch from AFC Eskostuna. He he's a, he looks like he could be a decent signing. Um, they've still got an okay defence, Sebastian Olsen, Gustav Granath, Elias Buzain. <clears throat> In midfield, they've signed Peter Guagas, who used to be at Brighton. Um, he's on a loan from Malmo. Uh, he's a left winger who could sort of get out of the pitch. He's got a bit to prove, but I think there is a little bit of talent there. Uh, and Damian Pavlovich, he could be one to watch Serbia under 21 international uh previously at standard liege and he's on loan from rieka uh, as i mentioned campos i think orkvist gravius uh vukajevic um he has a lot to prove and then the two signings up front fortune bassi and gustav lingren um both of them are sort of maybe juries out a little bit i'm not sure exactly what to expect uh and george is still there 36 year old had a really bad season last year punched punched a wall uh, got fined for going out partying, but he's he's still there as 36-year-old. So maybe he can improve on his two goals in 19 games last year and what was really a forgettable campaign for him. But I just feel with a the squad, they've lost a few, but I just feel the squad's good enough to um, to avoid relegation. They have signed a player on loan from Ferenc Varos called Fortune Bassi, Nigerian. And I wonder if he will be the key to Having good fortune this year, I don't know. It's a great name, I must say. Dega Forge quite enjoyed some of their football, actually, last uh, two years at times, certainly when they pulled themselves together at the end of the season. So that is it. That completes the season preview, Jonathan. You've done magnificently to get through this. And if you are still listening with us, you've done a great job as well um, to anyone. Over two hours long, this preview uh, this year. Not I don't think it's quite as long as last year, where it was like two and a half hours, but... Um, yeah, I suppose before before we go, I better round off your predicted uh, table, Jonathan. Um, you predicted. Yeah, I'll, 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 re, I'll, I'll run you, through. You're going to do that. You're going to do that. Yeah, I'll run through it in reverse order. Yeah. Uh, so 16th place, I'm going Bromwich Poikina. Uh, Viberg Boys 15th place, the two relegation slots. 14th and the relegation play of Halmstad's BK. Uh, 13th Degafors IF. That's my prediction. They'll just avoid relegation trouble. <clears throat> Sirius he calls Sirius in 12th. EF called Varnamo 11th. Uh, you've got North Shopping 10th, Mialbi in 9th, EFK Yotaborg 8th, 7th Elfborg, 6th Kalmar FF, 5th Hammerby, 4th AIK, 3rd Yurgarden, 
second Bickle Hacken, but the champions 2023, I believe, as of today, would be Malmo F. F. Now, I just had a short disclaimer. We haven't had... Uh, um, this does not include the transfers from transfer deadline day. So if some big sign comes up in the next 12 hours, uh, we'll talk about it next week, I guess. But um, as of deadline day, that is my predicted table, Steve. Brilliant stuff, Jonathan. The season starts this weekend, the 1st of uh, April. Um, the fixture generators have had a bit of fun here, haven't they? Malmo against Kalmar. <laughs> a tasty fixture first up there. Um, it goes all the way through till the 12th of uh, November, the final round. Uh, and I do believe there's a three or four week break in uh, mid to late June, as there always is in our Svenska. But um, it's going to be a great year, hopefully. But thank you very much indeed for your fantastic insights into the teams. And I hope everyone has enjoyed uh, this particular preview. Of course, you can keep up to date with all things going on in the Svenska by being a regular listener to the Nordic Football Podcast. Please do subscribe on whatever podcast platform you uh, listen or watch uh, youtube all the episodes are on there of course and do leave a review and a comment if you're listening on uh, apple spotify all those reviews do help us out indeed but it's going to be hopefully a cracking year jonathan yeah and don't forget um just quickly before we wrap up twitter at nordic football we'd love to hear your thoughts i know that uh, elon musk is changing a lot of things so who knows if you'll even see us in your timeline anymore but um if you're not on that, then follow us on YouTube. Of course, we'll, we'll be on YouTube. And I think um, the other thing to mention is, of course, we're, we haven't, we're not done yet. There will be a 10 to watch coming out later this week on our Patreon, patreon.com slash Nordic football podcast. It's a very, very popular part of the preseason fun. Um, both of those will be out in the few days before the season starts. So you can expect that uh, for subscribers dropping into your feeds um, quite soon. And then obviously for Elite Serien as well, the, those um, are popular in, uh, I have got my list of 10 ready to go, but it will not be in this show. Of course, this is the free episode. And, uh, you know, to get that exclusive uh, 10 to watch, then hopefully you'll tune in for the Patreon. But yeah, also just want to give a massive shout out to everyone who supported us on Patreon last year. It was really um, nice and um, we really welcomed it. And I thought it was quite good. We had a lot of predictions um, and we will talk about that in the next sort of main episode. Uh, we'll talk about how we got on last season because we didn't quite wrap up how we got on last year, but Anyone who subscribed to the Patreon will have known that the our hit rate in terms of success rate making the predictions was pretty good. Um, and we had some previews and we had some sort of match analysis, player analysis. So hopefully, um, if you do like that sort of thing, you'll be willing to support us on Patreon again. And also, it's, with the way Twitter's going, it might be the, the place to be at some point uh, in terms of leaving comments and getting in touch. So, uh, yeah, I've spoken enough, but hopefully, uh, I'd love to get your feedback. You can follow me on Twitter at JFFootball, J-F-F-U-T-B-O-L. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Obviously, um, we do this for the listeners and, and I hope that you uh, get some value from this and I'd like, like to hear what you think about my predictions and, and, and the players and things like that. So please feel free to drop me a message and let me know what you think. Yeah, you can follow uh, me as well at Meatman Soccer on Twitter and always uh, anytime um, tell me what you think about the show and uh, anything about life in general, actually. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's been a mammoth show, as always, Jonathan. It's been brilliant uh, stuff. Hope you've all enjoyed it. Uh, stay tuned for the Elite Serian season preview, which will be out in probably about a week's time. Um, but, yeah, until then, stay safe. Take care, everyone. Thanks very much for listening, and we'll see you next time.